dude, I'm super, I'm jacked up, dude. Yeah, you sa- uh, it sounds like it. You, yeah, uh, I've been waiting for you to, to invite me. <laughs> you unleashed. I asked you yesterday if you wanted to be on it, and then right away on like every social media, you released a fucking J.J. Abrams style mystery box yeah. of intrigue. Yeah. Um, well, what's up with that? Tell, tell us, tell the folks at home a little about yourself. Yeah. So uh, my name is uh, David Coker. I mean, do they look uh, out this way or? Uh, you can talk talk to me. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, whatever. You know, yeah. relatively new to this, but uh, yeah. So my name is David Coker. Uh, I know you, Justin, because uh, we're uh, we work together at uh, Actors Workout Studio, where yes, we sir. study uh, Meistern technique. Doing that work. Yep, been doing it now for about a year, and uh, now just uh, I'm pretty much this is like my coming out. Like party, I guess you could say. Hey guys, yeah. look, I'm I'm doing acting. This is what I'm up to right now. Oh. Yeah, I know. Have you tried not acting? Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, no, yeah. it's it's something it's something uh, that I've been uh, wanting to do for a very long time, and uh, it's funny because I I feel like I've been doing everything but that. Yeah. Without doing it, it's like. <laughs> It's like you say you want to be an air pilot, but you, you you do everything else but go to the airport to get there, if that makes any sense. So you've always wanted to act. Yeah. Did you I'm, just never just pull the trigger on, on doing it? Or you've been hesitant to do it? Well, I've been – it's it's not that I've been uh, hesitant to do it. It's more of just, you know – you know, when you when you say you want to do something that you really love, you know, especially like in the arts, you know, people kind of, you know, tell you that you got to, you know, have a plan B or you got to do, you know, something, you know, something else. Yeah. You know, just in case it like doesn't work out. Parents uh, especially freak out about that, right? Yeah. Like, at least from mine, mine initially were like, you know, you don't have a, there's no security. They, parents want security. Friends and family want you to have security in your life. And there's very little security in the arts. Yeah. Um, just kind of flying by the seat of your pants and and hoping for the best. Yeah, exactly. But some people thrive in that. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. And I think you know it's, it's interesting because it's it's one of those things where it's like I, I wanted to do it for the longest time, but during that time, as bad as I wanted to do it, I wasn't you know putting myself in those types of environments. I wasn't like you know taking acting classes like how you and I are taking right now. We're taking acting classes, and the beautiful thing about that is we know a whole lot of other people that are doing that you know some cool some not so cool but you really realize that you're that you're not alone you know like there's other people that are on the same path and and journey as you are of all ages and shapes and sizes there is you know there's people that are in their 60s that we're in class with right and there's super young people even younger than us us young young bucks Um, yeah and uh yeah it's encouraging because we all have the same struggle everyone's still trying to get in the room and get cast or you know trying to you know learn how to cry on command or something you know right it's like it's 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 humbling and it's also like sets sets me at ease just to know that people struggle with the same shit that i do um even accomplished actors right some some you know some people in our classes you know work yeah 
like really work. Yeah, I yeah, it's so funny because it's like you see. I mean, I've been doing it. You know, I've been we've been. I think. Well, I know you've been taking classes for some time. I know that at the place that we're taking classes mm-hmm. at, I've been doing it for about a year. Uh, we study, you know, Meissner technique, mm-hmm. and even people that have been there for like four or five years, you still see that they go through the same motions. Yeah. You know that that we go through on a day-to-day basis, you know, their insecurities, you know, their, um, their fears, their worries, their hopes and, and their mm-hmm. dreams. So the more and more you see that, the more you realize, Hey, you know what? Like all that shit that I was like stressing about, it's really not that big of a deal. And, you know, I've learned to like explore like myself, more and more you know just every week you know some some classes you have they're freaking amazing you're like oh my god i'm ready to take my oscar like right now yeah <laughs> and then and then other days you're like man fuck dude like i had i walk yeah. home with a tail in between your your legs you know and uh it's uh it, it's 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 been a beautiful thing i mean one of the one of the things i really love to study is like you know the mind and, and communication and mm-hmm. i love uh philosophy and i love um anything that has to do with the mind but what's interesting about the work that we do is we have to cut the mind off and only speak to like behavior and emotions you know they call living in the moment right or being in the moment yeah Um, truly is because so to explain meisner for people who are unaware of like you know what the fuck are we talking about that's actor shit it's like a it's like a language it's like an emotional language you're just going to be across from somebody in a scene with somebody, you know, really just going off of, you know, what's your, what's like, so I'm looking at David and he's making me feel a certain way. He's, he's looking very, he's very attentive to me right, right. now. Mm-hmm. And that makes me feel powerful. Right. I have the mic. So it's pretty much like, it's going back and forth with like how you make each other feel and how that makes you feel. And it's important that you have, you know, a point of view because act, you know, actors who don't have a point of view are fucking boring to watch. Like why? You don't have like strong feelings. The strongest feelings are the ones that show the most on the camera. Right. Right. Or in the theater or whatever. So that's why, you know, it's, it's, and it's hard. It's hard to go get up there with somebody who you might not know, or even someone who you do know and be like, you're pissing me the fuck off today. You know, like I don't like you or, um, I want to bang you or it's, it's, but you have to do it. Right. Got to tell the truth. Yeah. It's about, it's truth telling. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's like, you know, we live in a world, especially today. And it's like, I, I'm really glad that we get to talk about this, you know, as, as freely as we can. Like, I mean, I'm really glad to do this podcast with you. Cause I feel like there's like, there's no restrictions, you know, no we, restrictions. say whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Say cunt. <laughs> cunt. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. I did it. Oh my God. Oh God. I'm, I'm going to get canceled now. That's you're, what I'm. No, you're, you're British. It's, it's fine. Yeah. I, you know, it's just, it's just, um, I saw, uh, ET last night. Ah, the extraterrestrial. Yeah. When was the last time you seen that movie? It's been some years. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't really really place the last time. But the the score I've listened to within like the past few years. My first my first job in a in this town was I worked. Uh, you know the AFI, the American Film Institute. Yeah. They you know they do the Lifetime Achievement Awards. Yeah. Um, every every summer for someone big in the industry. So my first job was I was like a PA slash just random helper person on the Lifetime Achievement Awards with John Williams, and. You know, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg are yeah. there. It's, uh, you know, it's, he has the most iconic scores in, like, in cinema history. Every, he's like a composer on, like, the level of Mozart or something. Yeah. Like, he's, he's great. So, and E.T. is a fantastic score. That is one of the best. I can think, of, I can, 
you know, you say E.T., I'm all in my head. So, yeah, E.T., it's it's so memorable. And, you know, John Williams is a big part of that. But, yeah, so you saw E.T. I saw E.T., man. I saw it on the big screen at the the, the Egyptian Theater, bro. If you Mm -hmm. uh, check out their their newsletters every month, they're, they're showing, like, classic movies. Like, next week, they're showing Blade Runner. Oh, I've never seen that. Bro, that movie, yeah. You know, about 10 years ago with my then girlfriend, she was like all about like, yeah, you got to watch Blade Runner. You got to watch Blade Runner. And I watched the first 15, 20 minutes of that and I was bored out of my mind. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? I've I've tried it twice and I've stopped. Yeah. So I can relate to that. So when people Uh tell me that, I'm like, I know exactly what the fuck you're talking about. But I don't know what happened, but something clicked in... um, when Blade Runner 2049 came out, mm-hmm. I was like, damn, that looks really fucking good. Let me see what I can try to get, you know, going back to Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. So I saw Blade Runner all the way through and I was like, wow, I really like this movie a lot. Like, I, which, I totally get it. Which version did you see? Because you know, I think there's famously, it's, it's one of those where there's like, there's three or four different versions of it. Maybe yeah, five. I think it was the final cut. I think, cut. I think, I don't know. Is that the one? That's because that's the I haven't had a chance to watch that one yet. So I'm telling myself, I'm not watching Blade Runner unless it's like the final, it's, it's whatever Ridley Scott's last version is with like like some updated effects I think is mm-hmm. what I want to watch the one I want to see yeah um, I, I don't know which uh, which version that was I mean if anybody wants to let us each of us know you know they know where to find us I guess you know so yeah but I mean it, it's just I, like watching E.T. it was just like it was just beautiful to see like just what type of you know era of time it was back then you know and it's just mm-hmm. like you know you look at 2019 and it's just like you know, every day somebody's getting, you know, ripped apart or getting canceled or, you know, they, they blow up a storm because, you know, people are like in disagreements and that type of stuff. So the tweet storms, the pile on, pile on culture, right? Yeah. You know, someone fucks up, then everyone's going to tell them about it or everyone's going to share it or, you know, it's like, uh, like you mess up once. It's kind of like career suicide. Right. Um, <laughs> it's very little redemption given in this culture right now. I, I think so. You know, I think a lot of people are scared about that because it's like, I, I understand why people are scared. You know, th- I think what makes it fearful for a lot of people is the fact of the technological age that we live in, where it's like, oh shit, you know, somebody got, you know, exposed on Twitter and now he's canceled. But because we've never had this type of like technology with communication and like social media, mm-hmm. people don't realize that, you know, people always can come back from something. You know, depend. I mean, unless you murdered somebody or you did something horrible, you know, um, you can come back. You know, people and change. People change. People grow. I mean, you look at James Gunn. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, his tweets were, were pretty awful, but look at him now. Yeah. He's doing Suicide Squad and he's doing Guardians of the Galaxy Three. I mean, he that's, apologized. You know, and that's I, a great example of a, of someone that can come back. Yeah, getting yeah. That's very, a rare example, but a great example. Yeah, it's it's a it's a you know it's a great example, and that's why I look at it. It's like you know I, I feel like the next you know phase that we kind of have to go on is really opening ourselves up. You know, not I think I mean I think you and I are on the same page with this, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, and this is another thing that I'm just kind of just baffles me. It's just like you know everybody thinks that Twitter is like the word for everybody. And it's like, if somebody gets like ripped apart, if the mob goes after people on Twitter, then it's like the media runs that. And that's kind of like the perspective of that. But it's like our president's on Twitter and how much of the news is based on what the president tweets. A lot of it. Right. Exactly. So, 
I'm not, so I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not scared about that. I mean, I mean, who knows what I'll say 10 years from now that will come back to haunt me 20 years later after that. Dude, I, I'm I, scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scared. I'm not, well, you know, the thing is, it's like, I, I think, I mean, I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's okay. It's understand. It's understandable to be scared. You know, the two top fears that I read about, I think I forget where I read this. It might've been Robert Greene, but the top two fears that mankind has is either criticism or death. It's those mm. two things. Yeah. And when, you know, somebody gets quote, you know, canceled, it's like, it's a form of like, you know, criticism. Everybody's scared to death of that. But you know, it's like, if, if you believe in yourself and you believe that you are bigger than than that you know i mean look at uh quentin tarantino you know that's like that's another example you know i mean there's been controversies around him over the last couple years but then look what happens he puts all the noise to the side and he makes once upon a time in hollywood and he comes out on top you know and you know of course that's the state of the the culture and society you know like they're gonna go after him but Mm -hmm. with him it's like you know there's my one of my favorite quotes from Carl Jung is uh the brighter the light the darker the shadow ah that's a good quote yeah so it's like you know you got somebody like Tarantino who's at the heights that he's at mm. but then look what comes with it yeah you know so I guess it comes down to how can I internally make myself strong to just like you know come out on top and just like ah, you know like just throw everything out and and just move forward you know i think that's what happens you know something bad happens and then they get stuck in that moment life goes on and then they never they never put themselves back together you know so you can't live your life based on you know what people are gonna think or react to it you know you have to keep being you and if you make a mistake you know be willing to own it of course yeah Uh, and also you know know why but yeah you can't let it can't let it hold you back literally after seven years every cell in your body is different like mm-hmm. you know your body replaces cells constantly so seven years go by you're literally a different person so just be just be you that's one of the reasons why i love to add to what you're saying about you know being you mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why i love the meissner technique because it's how often do people, let alone even as actors, you know, that's something that I've been really trying to grasp, like even in the morning where I'm like, what is my here and now in the, in the moment where I'm like, oh, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm tired. You know, I just woke up. I'm tired. I'm stressed. You know, you, you know, you owning all that stuff in the, in, in the morning, because I think I'm a firm believer that anything that you put awareness on it changes kind of like how it is with you know acting where once you speak to what's happening it changes and i believe that that's relative to what happens on on your daily life so i i try to do that in the in the morning that's why like you know there is a freedom of like when you're offended and to say like you know you're you're pissing me off or i'm offended or you know and to me it's like you know i i think you and i were both mild-mannered people like even you know irene's given us like irene's our our acting coach by the way um she she'll give notes to give us permission to explore a different avenue you know she told me i'm way i have i have i had a great upbringing and i've you know been instilled with these great manners yeah i need to drop the manners right sometimes you know yeah too polite her thing with me was like um male to male like conflict like you know voicing like you know like i'm when i'm upset or to like just get in full out like rage mode and that type of stuff and to me it's like fuck you know and then it's like she'll give you that note and then you're conscious of it 
when an opportunity like that presents itself, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's just crazy, you know, cause it's like the only thing that keeps us from doing those, from acting on our instincts on a daily life is our mind, you know? So, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I can't, I don't want to say this to this person because then they might feel this way about it and maybe they'll tell someone about it. And then maybe these two people will not like me or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a slippery slope as they say. Yeah. I, it's, it's interesting too. Cause I almost feel like I've like, I feel like my balls have dropped like even more. Oh yeah. Taking it in terms of, Gotten a little lower. Yeah. Oh. Yes, okay. Oh wow. <laughs> wow. It was, yeah. it, was pretty, it was a pretty high tenor when, when we first met. Yeah. It was. It was. Now it's still a high tenor, but lower tenor. Yeah. I that I I I can definitely agree with you on that. Another thing that I used to do too, which I don't do as much anymore, is like if something would hit me emotionally, I would do this deep breath with my nose, like. Uh, you know, and I, and I would have to like contain myself. But then Tanya, she was like, you know, the, you know, the, when you're doing these like techniques and, you know, they tell you these things. And then because you're aware of that going on to the next class, it's like you're peeling these layers to really just be like this purity, which is like, dude, great example of that Tanya's class. I had a, She had a bonus class on Monday and the whole point of the class was to be like, Make it happen right away. Come up there with a point of view and you get like, you get two minutes because that's how long, that's how long you're going to get on a set. If you can't make it happen, get off. So it's just like, and I kept getting hit with this, getting stuck up there. I'd go up there with this, with this woman, uh, this mm. beautiful woman and just be stuck. Right. And you know, and not, and she'd be like, what do you want? What do you want? So. Yeah, Tanya will get it that, out of you. That fucking beamed into my head today. So when I got on stage today, it's like, what do I want? Right. You're fucking, you know. You want a bone. Yeah. 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 I, you know, bro, like that. Yeah. Like, Cause Fran, Fran is the same way too. Like I'll. Fran I'm, Montana. Fran. Owner of uh, Actors Workout Studio. Yeah. He was the one that really kind of like pushed me to be like, you know, cause like a lot of times, especially like as, as guys, cause you know, we live in a, um, I feel comfortable talking about this. Um, we live in a time where as a guy, you, you really have to be careful, like what you say and like what Dude, you do, you know, what, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, and as much as like people want to say, Oh, come on, you know, what are you talking about? How can you say you gotta be, come on. It's like, you know, people, it, well, not just any white guys, let's just be honest, white guys, you're walking on eggshells, <laughs> I guess, you know, eggshells I mean, I'm half white too, you know, being I mean, it's like my father is a, a white male, you know, and, um, Oh, what was your other uh, my mom's from uh, Nicaragua. Uh, yeah, so um, nice. yeah, I'm like brown and white, mm. bright. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get that. I get that. But 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 I I totally I totally uh, I, I totally get what you're saying. And the thing is, it's like I, you know I like. I first of all I I feel the power and I feel the freedom, even just talking about this you know what i'm saying that's the beautiful thing about doing these types of podcasts when you're just like it's like there's no corporations like you know telling us like what we can and what we can't do i mean mind you i'm yeah. very i'm very conscious too about the things that i say now that can come 10 years now that's totally fine that's life i don't care life goes on yeah i'm always you know growing i'm not i'm not like i'm, I'm like i'm ready to take it on even acknowledging the possibility that I might be fearful in that moment, but I'm the guy where if I'm scared, I'm still going to go forward no matter what. So, Good, uh, yeah. So you're creative mm-hmm. Welcome to the creative sector. Yeah. That's what it takes to, to compete in this crazy world. Yeah. And I'm just not, um, it, it's just one of those things that we have to, you know, talk about 
you know, men really have to get together and regroup and really have a, a better understanding of like what, you know, what's, what's happening, you know? I, I don't know. I feel like I, I'm like, I'm old fashioned, bro. I mean, I'm, I like holding the door open for a lady. I mean, I like, I like, I mean, that stuff's like, that stuff's nice. Like I'm, I'm chivalrous, I guess you could say in that way, but I'm, I'm really like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say with like, with old school, but I'm just kind of like, I just, I, I wish it was like a, like the woman's just staying in the kitchen, right? <laughs> well, I like a girl that can cook. I'll say that. <laughs> that I, it's, yeah. it's, it's appreciated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm just joking. I'm I know. Just, it's women a, can do whatever they want. They're, yeah. They're brilliant and beautiful and powerful. And yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I just, I feel like when it comes to like, you know, courtship and, and dating and that type of stuff, there's mm-hmm. like a lot of, it's it's a it's a bit of a difficult time because you know guy it's it's just a reality i have a lot of guy friends that come and talk to me like dude i'm scared to you know make the wrong move you know or i'm Mm. I'm scared to say the wrong thing because i don't want to trigger something and then have my life be turned upside down too yeah like someone screenshots the wrong text and puts that on facebook or something yeah that shit goes viral bro you're in trouble yeah there's often very little context to, to things that are happening. Like uh, the, the Aziz Ansari story, did you hear about that? A yeah. Years ago that came out, you know, this chick talked about a horrible date that she had with Aziz where he was like very, like it sounded like he was aggressive and was like trying to get her to do stuff. But I, I can't, I don't, I wasn't there, dude. I don't know. Like right. I, I, that's why I try to stay away from those types of things because I just, I don't know the context. I don't know people. Yes, you should trust women, obviously. But I don't just intr- I don't give anyone my hundred percent full trust implicitly. Right. Like I don't. People have agendas, and I'm not saying she did, but you know, you just gotta be careful. You gotta careful. Like I think, I, and I th- I think we'll eventually come to that place as a society. Like I do think. Um, like I think it's it's becoming like more apparent where it's like you know listen you know mm-hmm. have an open heart but and at the same time too you know verify you know because if it if it is truthful and we are listening you know in the fairness you know of you know law and justice you know yeah verify those things you know so um, I I do think that we will eventually go more towards that. I do also acknowledge that there have, I mean, obviously you have a a Harvey Weinstein and you have like, you know, a a lot of other people that did horrible things. And I do think that there is that, there is that piece that is very real and very sincere. And, um, you know, and I, I understand that, you know, it's like, you know, shit hit the fan and, you know, the, the ceiling, you know, crashed and, and, um, and I think right now we're just kind of picking up the pieces and in the middle of picking up the pieces, yeah, we're getting cut, but you know, at least we kind of know what was and, you know, I mean, I hope, I hope we, you know, grow from it or move on. So growth is important. Yeah. It's such a, people try to make it such a black and white world, but dude, it's, it's all gray, man. Like Weinstein, for instance, you know, all, how many, how many celebrities, actors, movie filmmakers knew about this, but are also, you know, be the first people to stand up and champion women's rights, you know, but they knew about this dude for years and they didn't come out and say anything. Right. That's in, and then, you know, the people like on the right who, you know, if, if, if they're the left and, you know, the people on the right, 
they see that shit and you're like, oh, they're fucking hypocritical. I'm not going to listen to anything they say. You know, they don't say anything. How can you stand up here and tell me, you know, how to treat women when you're going to, you know, able uh, let Harvey Weinstein do these terrible things, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but because there's no, there's not enough room for nuance in today's society. Mm -hmm. Um, And we need to figure out a way to get that nuance back. Right. It's to CNN, Fox News. That, you know, one of the things that Fran said that I really do take to heart and actually I do believe is it's the, the power and the, and the influence that's going to really set the world free is art mm. and it's stuff that we do, you know, and yeah, bro. I mean, the, we live in a supposedly divided country, but everyone who fucking lives in the United States went and saw Avengers. We can, we all got that in common. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's a beautiful thing. You know, like, I mean, we all obviously there is a part of our country that's good, you know, that, you know, I, I, you know, if you, that's a great example, man. I'm really glad that you brought that up because, you know, we, we focus so much on the things that divide us, but yeah, we re- how much time do we really focus on? You need to really put in attention on the things that really bring us together, you know, right. like Avengers. And that's why, you know, one of my, one of my dreams, bro, like this is like all my, I mean, I have a, go- a list of goals that I want to do, but down, down the road, I want to make, I want to produce a Superman movie down the road. Ah. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, you know, you know where, what your, what your take is? Do you have a take? Um, that's a good question. As of now, I have a general idea of what I want to incorporate into it, mm-hmm. but I would, I would rather do as that, as time like moves on i'm gonna let what is revealed in the culture to really help shape that and what it it, like this is what it's gonna be i want to like touch up on like like do you remember like in superman returns like when perry white he talks to uh he's like in the boardroom and he's like yeah and does he still stand for truth justice all that stuff Mm. like he completely omitted the american way Uh. and so for me i feel like we're just at this at least at this point at least at this moment in time we're at a place where the it's like you almost it's like to say you're proud to be an american it, mm. it's like it's dangerous it is dangerous yeah. you know what i'm saying and i yeah, fucking like, hate that because yeah that's tr- that's that's true dude that's a really good point because you can also take that either way too. oh it's like oh, oh you must be a oh, trump really? supporter yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or yeah i hate that bro it's I, tough i know it's i tough. know and to me bro like one of the most iconic things that of that i love about superman at least with the christopher reeve movies is when you see him you know flying and he has the american flag you know and he and to me it's like that's beautiful you know so to me it's like you know america does stand for a lot of good things and granted too i mean i'm fully aware of you know the, the past and you know we're, we're not we're not a perfect country but you know i i believe i believe in america you know regardless of who's in the white house you know whether you're a trump supporter or not you know to me i'm, I'm gonna love this country regardless but it's just it just sucks like because it's like i feel like i have to you know watch what i say you know mm-hmm. and it's i mean obviously i'm not watching what i'm saying right now i'm you know very it's going off the rails folks yep <laughs> i love america <laughs> whoa yeah right, we're ending that <laughs> yeah um, captain america is a good example of yeah. kind of what you said you know the yeah. way they've been able they were able to adapt adapt him in today's times like the winter soldier have you seen that oh of course yeah it's one of my yeah. favorite that's, that's a, one of my favorite marvel movies it's all about 
spy culture or like you know incorporating technology is the government watching us you know does the government have our best interests in mind you know the government's been infiltrated by hydra nazis you know Mm -hmm. i'm sure they got some inspiration from uh today's events right definitely most definitely and uh but cap still embodies those american ideals of optimism you know compromise where you can but where you can't root yourself down like a tree and you know stay true to your ideals right um they they, his character is one of the best executed in all those movies Mm -hmm. like he is he probably has like the most adapting to do you know Mm -hmm. because he's from the 40s and he and he learns how to you know live in today's time but Mm -hmm. uh you know he's still that dude he's still that dude from the 40s you know i can do this all day yeah come on man but try to take down my ideals man i'm for i'm for what's right right you know i'm not giving my freedoms away Mm -hmm. i'm not going to compromise so you know superman very similar characters and maybe maybe it's just a matter of uh getting to get superman to that level again maybe have like a big shift in the culture and be be able to because you know how cow cow winter soldier was so like right on the money with how things are today with like the surveillance oh totally like edward snowden-esque type of thing like find find what is what is that how is that to superman like batman versus superman kind of in man of steel you know kind of was in was in there they definitely had a take on it you know like how would the world react today if, if Jesus came? Right. Know? Like a lot of people would be like, fuck you, alien. You're not Jesus. You're, right. What are you, our savior? And some people are like, oh, I need to, wor- I'm going to worship you. And then there's those people in between that are just, that are just scared. Right. You know, you know, the thing is like with Superman is, um, when Man of Steel came out, I was so, I was so excited because, uh, and it's interesting cause I, I did watch Superman Returns, probably about a few years ago. And I remember watching it then I was like, you know what? It actually isn't a bad movie. It's just, it's just disappointing as a Superman fan. It's actually like a very, like when you, when you watch Superman returns again, there's some really nice, like sweet moments in there. It's like the continue. It's like they resurrected the Chris, Christopher Reeve. Yeah. And, and made a new story surrounded that. Yeah. yeah just they, without any action. That, yeah. You know what I'm you gotta have some Superman action. If you're, you got the most powerful superhero in existence. You gotta show it. Yeah. You know, Superman versus the continent. All right, Brian Singer. Come on, bro. You made X Men. You're gonna you're gonna give us that. Sh- that? That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, I, so I mean, looking back, there are, like there are things about Superman Returns that I that I do where I'm like, oh, that's actually that's very sweet. It's mm-hmm. very very nice. Um, as a Superman film, when you you know when you're going there expecting all of the you know conflict it's like it's a little bit disappointing it's like dude you're literally giving me the superman the movie again just in 2006 mm-hmm. so i was i was actually relieved when they were like gonna reboot it and do man of steel and i was super excited and when i saw the the production stills for uh uh for man for henry cavill when he first came out of superman i was like I think there was the first image like him in front of like that vault yeah like, and the I first was, image we ever saw in the costume like, yeah He's, he doesn't have undies. Yeah, this is this is it, baby. We're here. I was I was so excited. I was like super super excited, and um, and I liked Man of Steel. And as I look back on uh, Man of Steel as a whole, I do think it's a good movie, but I don't think it's a good like Superman movie. If that makes sense, um, it was a different approach. It's nice because you don't see 
Superman. Like he's not a he's not a pussy. Like he's a fucking shit up. He's kicking ass, mm-hmm. you know. And I really wanted. I mean, we're still talking about wanting a man of steel. I mean, God, God only knows what what the status of that is right now. But um, but you know, and there's BVS. You know, it's like Zach. Zach put himself in a tough position with, with his handling of Superman because everything I've read about it seems to be like he wanted, he did not want to give us Superman right away. Like they wanted, he wanted him to evolve over, over a series of movies to finally become, you know, our tr- truth, justice in the American way, Superman. Right. So it's, he had an arc planned out, you know, over movies and in, in, you know, studios and box offices, unfortunately, mm-hmm. gets in the way of that kind of stuff sometimes. Um, so I wish it's one of the great, like, regrets, I think, like in terms of in, in modern cinema history, just wondering, like, for me, like, where could that have gone? Because, I mean, Justice League, he's kind of, you know happy-go-lucky Superman again. Right. At least they tried to make it. But, you know, how much of that was was Zack's vision? How much of that was Warner Brothers stepping their foot down and, and you know, making it happen, forcing it? Because it felt like a very forced movie overall. Like, mm-hmm. um, But, like, how could have, if we had gotten Justice League Part 1 and Part 2 and, you know, I don't know, Part 3, were they doing three? three reg- well, I don't know if you, heard, if you heard about this, and maybe this is the first time you're, you're hearing about this, but from what I understand... Uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League, his cut of the movie was where Superman was going to go on a, on a killing spree, mm. and mm. I guess Lois Lane gets murdered, and he kills like thousands of people, and then he works for Darkseid. The, the the what's it called? The something equation. The, uh, what the fuck is it called? After something equation. Yeah, Darkseid takes over Superman. It's yeah, like, it's like the the nightmare dream, and, and BVS comes comes to fruition. So, I mean, to me, it's like, okay, Lois Lane is dead. And that's another thing to see, but a big component for me with Superman, uh, I know you had mentioned this, you hadn't seen Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman with, mm-hmm. with Dean Cain. So, you know, it's funny because as a kid, I hated Dean Cain. And Dean Cain knows this because I had tweeted at him on, on Twitter. I, <laughs> hey, I hated you. <laughs> I did. I told him that. I literally did like this whole like uh, like three or four paragraph like uh, Facebook status that I wrote. Oh. Um I, as a kid, I hated Dean Cain because I thought he sounded like he was very wuss. It was just kind of like not strong. Mm-hmm. But as an as an adult, I saw Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, the first three seasons, bro. And it, it works, bro. Yeah. Like, that's why for me, like right now, like I'm very open. If he decided to come back, you know, and do, you know, Lois and Clark as an older Superman. Mm-hmm. I know Which he's it, trying to do. I think he's trying right. to do. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm for it, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm. So in that tweet, you, you, you said you, you had hated him, but then you came, brought it back around so that you know. He's my number two Superman. He's my number two. There's Chris Reeve, oh. and then for a while, was Henry Cavill was like number two. Mm-hmm. Dean Cain Superman is like number two because the world that they have around that, and you, mm-hmm. and there's the the qualities that Dean Cain has as Clark Kent and as, as Superman. Like as a kid, you don't really appreciate it because it's like, at least for me, because. You see Christopher Reeve, and he has like this, like this strength. He has this position, and he has like this, like figure of authority persona where you can take him seriously. For some reason, as a kid, I didn't, I I couldn't make that. I tried to like it because I recognized the Superman logo, 
But as an adult, you know, when, when you live your life in your 20s and you go through like, you know, bullshit, like with girlfriends and life and struggles and all that type of stuff, mm-hmm. the world that they have around Dean King's Superman is it's super relatable. Mm-hmm. And because of that, like, I appreciate that like a lot. So, I mean, if, if you've never seen Dean Cain's like Lois and Clark Superman mm-hmm. as an adult, like I, it's, I mean, it's on the DC universe now. I mean, I've, I've only seen the first three seasons, but it's like, it's really fucking good. You have the app? The DC universe mm-hmm. How was that? Uh, you know, it's, it's good. I, I don't explore it as much as I would like to just cause I'm so, you know, caught up. I don't have Netflix. I don't have like HBO. Mm-hmm. I'm literally like I'm working and then I'm taking acting classes and it's just, um, I, I don't know, man. Like I, it's, I, I, I mean, I'm sure there's some of the comics as well. The yes yes it comes like with like frank miller's like dark knight returns it comes with a, like a lot of classic that's comics really yeah that's why you love ben affleck's batman <laughs> <laughs> you got, you got me. no it makes sense uh, uh, now now i can commit i can make that connection because that's exactly what i fucking dig that story dude I've, um, you know it's funny i've never read that and you're gonna kill me that, i know that's one of, yeah yeah that's that's like the one Batman comic that I'm very aware of and, and know everything about. Like, I love that story, dude. Really? Just, uh, you know, it's very realistic in the sense, like, you know, you see, you, you watch these Batman, read these Batman stories, and, you know, he's a superhero, but, you know, what kind of toll is that going to take on a person? Like, mm-hmm. so The Dark Knight Returns is all about, you know, the world. It's kind of like Watchmen in a sense. Like, it's like the fallout of the world, you know, post the big superhero craze, you know, all the superheroes have been forced into retirement basically um batman's had a lot of tragedy in his life you know he's uh, he doesn't have robin anymore um and he's just you know he drinks and he does dangerous shit mm-hmm. does racing and then but he can't fucking it all it takes is hearing about you know the joker's gonna be released and it's like those demons come back he's like dude i can't i can't let this happen he's triggered um yeah nice. yeah he's triggered <laughs> you um, know that <laughs> Speaking of like going on what you're saying about the Dark Knight Returns, and I, this is another thing like I said earlier with you in a, another conversation. I believe that BBS, Batman vs. Superman, if it, I, I believe that it was a, like ahead of its time, but if it were to come out under a DC black label, it would have been like more embraced mm. because under a black label, you kind of know what you're getting and it's not in the line with like the general audiences. And I think that's what I think Zack Snyder was trying to do like a DC black label without calling it DC black label and just mm. saying that this is what it is. This is it. Yeah, it's basically, I mean, the Snyderverse, right? You know, it's his, the DC universe built through him. It's very, his vision centric. Yeah. Um, and he even said, um, what was it that he said about, um, I was, I was, he pretty much was like just talking about how his approach to superheroes were, you know, it was like, these aren't like, you know, your heroes aren't that innocent. I think he said like at his Snyder con convention. Mm. So I do, I, I do think, um, like with this whole DC black label, I mean, it looks like the Joker is going to be. Uh, I'm hearing really good things about that. I've been writing about that, reading about that too. Yeah, that looks phenomenal. Yeah. I was super on the fence about that. 
Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm for it. All yeah. it took was the trailer. I'm in. Yeah. Obviously in that. I remember what I was going to say. Yeah, Zack Snyder, he said that his dream Batman movie was mm-hmm. to do The Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to go that route with the DC Black Label, I mean, I, I, who knows if, they, if they'll if they ever touch that story again. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that would have been perfect because I think what they did was we already have Superman established. Let's do, you know, Batman. Of course, Zach's like, let me incorporate the Dark Knight Returns mm-hmm. with the Superman. So he, I think he tried to do all of the things that he wanted to do. And also Death of Superman. Yeah, and Death of Superman. So it was like what he wanted to do and then what the studio wanted to do. So, I mean, who knows if that was really the, the product that he wanted to put out versus mm-hmm. where it was more of the studio. But what would have really been cool is if Zack Snyder directed The Dark Knight Returns and it came under the DC Black Label. Now that I can actually see being like the shit if, if that were to happen. But I mean... You can tell he's a huge Batman fan. I mean, that movie, BVS is very Batman-centric. Yeah, it it's, is. <laughs> and what I love about Snyder um, that, that you don't quite get from the cinematic universe is like the dude just knows how to compose a frame. Like he, how many like straight, just beautiful shots does he get in those movies? Like, or gorgeous. Uh, They're fucking like the, beautiful. The, the Wayne's death in the, at the opening of BVS is, is it's a visual, it's visual spectacle. It's fucking tragic. You know, you got the, the close up shots of the gun, slow-mo, the bridge, the pearls are flying. Um, it is very visual. And I don't think that the Marvel movies get, like the, I just don't think that they're quite as memorable. Like I, I remember specific shots from BVS yeah. all the time mm-hmm. and, and Man of Steel. Um, so the dude knows how to compose a frame. He's very visually oriented. It's just like, you know, sometimes the stories stories falter. But um, in in terms of like, like how the story could have been taken um, in today's world, I, I mean, I really fucking wish that they would have released the, the three-hour cut. If that would have just been the only cut, just release that shit, you know, Peter Jackson could release the Fellowship of the Ring, and that was three hours, you know, let the man show his vision, because you they cut out so much context in that theatrical cut, like, there is no growth in Clark Kent, there's no, there's, no, there's very little context given to why Batman is such fucking an old, angry dude, bitter right. guy, um, but, man, I mean, BVS is Affleck's, I mean, uh, Dark Knight Returns is Affleck's favorite favorite Batman story. He read he was uh, Kevin Smith has told the story of when Bat, uh, Affleck was living sleeping on his couch. I think it was during either the making of Mallrats or chasing Amy. He read the Dark Knight Returns on Kevin Smith. Oh, and that's been floor. Affleck's favorite. Oh man. Yeah. Oh wow, that kind of that sucks uh, how it played out like that, man. I know it sucks how it played out, but dude, I find like it's crazy to me because I hated BVS when I first saw it in the theater I saw it twice I, I liked it a little bit more the second time I saw it three times I was like man there's so much wrong with this like I don't I don't get it like it's all over the place yeah and then I watched the ultimate edition bro mm-hmm. and it's just like it's like taking acid and like connecting the neurons in your brain or something right. oh and that's what the mental like Lex manipulating the whole thing is a lot more apparent in, in the ultimate cut right um, he's the whole guy behind all this it's a lot there's just a lot of nuance to it that, that they shouldn't that they, the movie needed because it was a very that's just how it, it just needed to, to have that nuance it wasn't just like a beat up blockbuster movie that that WB wanted mm-hmm. it, it it was a dude with a take he mm-hmm. had a he had a super and in the script I mean the script was aside from like shoehorning in you know um What's what's the big bad dude at the end? The fucking um, 
in the Doomsday? month of Doomsday. Doomsday. Right. You know, aside from that, like, it's like, I've read analysis on this and also watch videos and shit, but it's like a, it's like a, it's an allegory for post 9-11 America, this mm-hmm. movie. You know, the opening scene of, of Bruce, you know, running through through Metropolis and, you know, standing at the the bottom of the, the destroyed Wayne Tower and, you know, seeing the little kids like that's that's the fucking Twin Towers falling, dude. That's mm-hmm. and then Batman is the conservatives and Superman is the liberals mm-hmm. and and they're automatically at odds with each other. And Lex Luthor is the news. It's a very, I never thought of it that way, bro. That's very deep. Um, that's a good way of thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, there's just inherent, you know, the conservatives, they inherently distrust. Like, how could you be so great? You know, I don't trust you. You're from somewhere else. You're an alien. I don't. It's I, a great I, perspective. I, wow, dude. That's like, my, that's mind blown. That's really, it's pretty spot on. Like, sense, yeah. thinking of it, like, once I put that on top of it, and I just, the movie just became one of my favorites. Like, I, I love it. And, of course, Affleck's performance. Is, Solid. Is, Fuck me. He's such a good Bruce Wayne, bro. He's so... He's got... And he's got... The, he captured the duality of Bruce Wayne very well. Like, he's very... He puts on the mask. Uh, the invisible mask when he's out in public, you know? Hey, those are some nice shoes. Nice shoes. But he's fucking, you know... In the Batcave crossfitting and screaming and shit. You know, yeah. when he's not out there or, you know, and when he's Batman, he, he beats some, he beats some ass, bro. Yeah. Like, he doesn't, he takes no prisoners, which, you know, turns some people off because of how brutal he is, especially with, like, you know, the guns, mm-hmm. which I, I, I can't really stand by the guns. I don't stand by the guns. Interesting. But okay. I, uh... I understand. I don't stand by the guns because I don't, you know, Batman fundamentally, he hates guns because his, his parents were killed by guns. Guns is what took his parents away from him and started him on this journey. So, like, he, Batman, in my mind, there's no reason he should ever have a gun at any mm-hmm. point. Like, a grappling hook is about as far as you can go, mm-hmm. you know? So, so the idea that he had a gun, I th- what Zach, what I think he's meaning, I mean, he set up Batman to just be, like, totally... It seemed like in the past, like, that version of Affleck's Batman, in the past, that's what he was. Mm-hmm. Like, he was the Batman who had the rules, like, the no killing, the no, you know, the doing, you know, the right thing no matter what. Mm-hmm. But then we jump forward to, you know, post-9-11 America, post, uh, post-Superman world, and he, he realizes how powerless he is to stop something like this. Right. Or, and he's also, you know, been working working the beat for 20 years in Gotham, you know, getting nowhere. He's like, he says in the movie, fucking criminals are like weeds, Alfred. You pull one up, two more grow in their place. Right. Um, he's, and he's fucking Robin who was killed by the Joker. Um, you know, there's just not, he's just like, fuck, what am I doing? We've always been criminals, Alfred. When he, when Alfred tries to call him on it, he's like, new rules, new rules, Bruce. You know, he reads the newspaper with him branding. He's like, well, we've always been criminals, Alfred. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I, I think it's an interesting take. I don't think a lot of people got that's what, what Snyder wanted to say with, with Batman. Yeah, I, when that movie came out, bro, it's funny how you said that um, you saw it two times. I saw it three times because the first time that I saw it, now mind you too, man, this movie was like so fucking hyped. Like it was like, yeah. like I'm even just like talking about it and remembering it. I'm just like, I could still feel the motions of like the anticipation of yeah. like what, what, could have been the comic con trailer i watched that so many times i listened to the trailer music on my workouts 
of Comic Con. <laughs> that whoever I still can't find. You know what's interesting? I'm deviating a little bit off of what I wanted to say, but you know those combat. I think it's Junkie XL who did the trailer music for Justice League at Comic Con, and then BBS at Comic Con. Like it's oh, that music is just so fucking like epic. It's so like. Oh, but I remember the first time I saw BBS. At the end of it, I really had to. I was like, "You got to be shitting me!" And mind you, too, like, and I fucking hate this, but it's like they show Doomsday in the trailers. Yeah, that's such a dumb fucking move. I was so pissed when that happened, dude. I was like, some things you just gotta be surprised by. That could have that could have changed. Maybe that would have. Maybe my reaction would have been different. Uh, I mean, I still stand by what I think that I, you know, Superman's death was like way too soon. But I remember like, and then I had to see it. I watched it the second time and it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, you love like a property like Star Wars or, you know, Superman or Batman. Mm -hmm. And you love that property so much that when a movie comes out and it's not a good movie, you still find ways to justify like why you think you like it, you know? Yeah. And, I, and I think I did that with BBS. But when I saw the Ultimate Edition, those scenes with Henry Cavill as Clark Kent, it's like, dude, why was this fucking cut? Because I, those scenes were exactly what I wanted from Man of Steel because at the end of Man of Steel, you only get that last shot yeah. of like, I'm like, um, Clark and credits. Mm -hmm. And I, you didn't get any of that. I mean, yeah. of course, you get that in the ultimate cut, but... Uh, like he's a reporter in the ultimate cut. He does report it. He goes to Gotham and he talks to people. He finds out information about that man. You know? Yeah. He, he, he delves in on the conspiracy that, you know, that ends up tying in with Lex Luthor. It's just like, why cut it? Because, you know... Like, yeah, I know. Because it's too long. People people are too stupid to sit, sit and, and pay attention and figure stuff out. How many people... Did you watch the movie with? I, this happened both of my screenings. The two times I went and saw it in the theaters, the opening scene, you know, uh, where where Bruce starts to lift up with the bats and he's flying. Up. Yeah. People around me both times were all like, "Oh, what the fuck, Snyder!" And then once it was like it was in in the dream, people were like, "Oh." In the dream, they took me to the light. A beautiful lie. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like that is the fucking reaction. That that that's the movie in a nutshell. Right. It's like, oh, you know, the knee jerk reaction. Oh, you're doing this. Oh, oh, what the fuck, Snyder? Right. Wow. Oh, what else are you trying to say? You know. Right. I think there was a lot that he had in mind to say. I think Zack Snyder really thought that these movies are gonna make bank no matter what. So I have. I almost felt like maybe his mind process was like mm -hmm. I have. These movies are going to make bank no matter what. I'm guaranteed the time to tell the story that I want to tell. Yeah. You know, I so have two Justice Leagues. I yeah. Can, I'll take Superman on this crazy journey and right. by Justice League 2, he'll be the Superman we know and love. Exactly. And it's like, sorry, bro, but it's like, you know, you didn't, you know, you didn't take into account that you were going to get this type of reaction. Well, that's another thing, too. If, if you know that the reaction you're going to get is going to be polarizing, then maybe you could have gone in a different route, you know, to, to I mean. For sure. But that's the, you know, that's the risk you take when you're doing something, like when you're a creative, yeah. you know. Do you want to tell your story or do you want to tell the story you think people want to hear? Right. And then there's another thing where it's like, do you want to tell the story that people need to hear, you know, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm very, 
this is something I'm very, very passionate about. And it's just at that point, that's why I say like, I want to produce a Superman movie one day. Cause it's like, you know, I've been wanting a good, a, a, not good. I want a great Superman movie. That's like monumental. That's mm-hmm. like a, a cultural icon. I want that today. And I've been waiting since the fifth grade, you know, being a fan of Superman, Christopher Reeve from back then, I've been waiting since then for there to be that. And it's just not fucking happening. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I'm just, I'm going under that thinking of like, well, you know what, you know, if something's not done right. Fuck it. Do it yourself. I've looted. That's the conclusion that I drew for myself. So, I mean, it's down, down the road. I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that have to, you know, fall into place and I'm working on that. You know, yeah. I trust myself that that's going to happen uh, down the road, but <sighs> man dude it is what it is <laughs> as, as, as bad as that is but you know i'm just kind of like whatever man fuck it but i, I believe dc is gonna have its renaissance i believe that shit has hit the fan i believe dc has hit rock bottom in the midst of with with marvel it's like when you see marvel having a billion dollar opening worldwide with avengers endgame and you have dc comics and you see that this is the property that they've been having for 20 years yeah, I mean, they've never not had the opportunity to do a universe they've always had how it. long did it take marvel to get all those characters back you know they just now just got the, the majority of their characters back like yeah less than a year ago so the way that i look at it with dc is it can only go up because <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> it can it can only go up I, because things have gotten so bad and things have gotten blown up in perspective of where where you can go with these with these types of characters mm-hmm. that that that's a it's, it's a uh, pressure cooker you know where it's just like you're in the studio and you're like fuck we really got to do things right and i think you know things are obviously you know you know i think there's been a lot of uh, announcements with dc that make me feel a little bit confident and i don't fault them at all for taking a year off of comic-con to be like you know what we're still getting our house in order mm-hmm. we're not you know because in 2017 when they announced flashpoint in my mind i'm like you gotta be fucking kidding me i love flashpoint yeah i fucking love flashpoint it's like but it's 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 like you're you're jumping the gun to tell a story that's iconic when nothing yeah earn it exactly earn like that's a superman that's Avengers like Endgame, if that was the first marvel movie that came out people wouldn't have any kind of thing to compare it to, yeah. you know, they'd, it'd probably, it'd be cool, but you know, all the intricate weaving of the storylines and, you know, all the nuance that you get, you know, things that you'd only get from watching 20 movies prior. Right. Like that movie's the ultimate payoff. That is an explosion. That is like 20 Marvel movies have just been tugging. Right. And then Endgame hits and they fucking, they wet that shit. Right. And then you're off to the races, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I, what I think DC needs to do. And it was funny because uh, every now and then I watch uh, John Campia. He's, he's one of those guys that I kind of like listen to. Is he a Collider guy? He used to be a Collider guy. I think I know. I yeah. Know if you see him, he has a show called John John Campia, the John Campia show. And he one of the videos, he literally posted this like three days ago. And he's like, should opening credits make a comeback in movies? Because if you look at, I don't think, I mean, yeah, you have the end game title with Avengers, but mm-hmm. opening credits like Superman the movie or Bat- Tim Burton's Batman or yeah. Spider-Man's, you know. BBS had opening credits. Yes, it did. It did. It did. I, I yeah. I give. Since I give it on the Wayne's death. Yeah. To me, like, 
I, I think what DC should go back to is going back to those roots of you have like an opening credit and then you have like an iconic theme. Like the only thing mm. that Marvel has is the Avengers theme. There's no Thor theme. There's no Iron Man theme. Yeah. I mean, there is like Thor. the Iron Man, like, you know, rock metal theme, you know, the change, the theme changes like on a movie by movie basis. Like the one time they tried to like keep the themes consistent, fucking, uh, Ryan Tyler did the scores for Iron Man three in Thor the Dark World and then he went and did uh, Avengers 2 with Danny Elfman but there's some there's a little bit of carryover from the, like the Iron Man thing and then there's the Dark World Thor theme which which I dig but I'm not about to sing that right <laughs> I, to me, it's just it, they just got to go back to the to those roots, you know. I mean, I think I think they're gonna do that because uh, they're gonna, they're, uh, from what I from what I understand, they're going more of a like a solo film route, you know. Like they're gonna go, they're not trying to do the world building, um, which to me right now, it's like with Marvel going forward, um, and that's why we're gonna talk about Phase Four and mm. you know, still so much great stuff to talk about. There's, yeah, it's, it's a literal just an avalanche of things, and we're not even done with there's. More in DC to discuss too. Yeah, the the thing is with um, um, I would I would you know I I want to hear like iconic themes you know again I just don't feel like that there's like so much emphasis on it. Mm. Um, do you think do you think we need new iconic themes or do you think like Danny Elfman did in Justice League did just like throw in like oh this is I'll throw in John Williams Superman theme I'll throw in my old Batman theme for me that pulled me out of the movie yeah it sounded like a good idea when yeah. it came out and it just wasn't yeah uh, because it, your, it just didn't work but like and then who knows maybe maybe an iconic theme you know isn't what the film needs or maybe an iconic theme is what's going to hurt I, mean, I really don't know i'm not mm-hmm. like a filmmaker in that retrospect but it would be nice uh you know for robert pattinson the batman to have like a cool you know batman theme you know oh, god i know but uh but uh, and going back to like the shared universes like like i love spider-man i think nick fury is cool and i think all of the, like the other supporting characters are cool but it's like but i just want like i just want a spider-man movie that's just a spider-man movie i don't want any other like you know like nick fury's cool but it's like bro you're like in every movie you know <laughs> you know what i'm saying this is like i feel you those are very the spider-man movies are like they're kind of like sequels to the Iron Man movies in a weird way. Yeah. Um, he's very tied in with with Tony Stark. His his origin, you know, his his literal first scene on the in the MC was with Tony. Um, mm-hmm. And then everything that happens in that mentorship is pretty much what's carried his story forward. Forward. Tony Stark is is the new Uncle Ben, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I agree. Um, I I like. I like the aspects of it. You know, I like seeing John Favreau pop in, you know, um, and seeing him build the suit. But I do, I, I agree. Like, I want Spider Man needs to stand on his own at some point. Yeah. I'm hoping they figure out some way to do uh, whatever they're going to do in three, which, I mean, who knows where that's going to go. Right. The way they end, that's a bold move. Like, I, fuck, I, I, I audibly was like, oh, really? Yeah. First, I was like, JJ. And uh-huh. then I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. He's in trouble. Um, so, like, how is he going to isolate him? Isolate him somehow and then fight fight the Sinister Six or something by himself. I think, I think that's where they'll eventually go with that. Uh, I think they'll probably go to Sinister Six with... Um, you scoot in like a foot, you're out of frame. Oh, my bad. My bad. Okay. Um, yeah, I think with... Um, 
with Spider-Man Homecoming, I thought it was okay. I mean, Spider-Man is my favorite Marvel character. I fucking love Spider-Man. I love the animated series. I read the comics growing up. Uh, I played the video games for PlayStation. I fucking, I love Spider-Man. I love Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Swinging around in Spider-Man 2 games. One of my favorite things to do ever. Yeah, like, they, they just, it was, you know, with those games, it, you literally got a sense and feel that you were actually, you know, doing that. Yeah. And so with, um... So, like, you know, when they announced that they were going to reboot, you know, Spider-Man, I was like, fucking, I was heartbroken. I was like, I didn't like, I mean, mind you, Spider-Man 3 is in the original reboot uh, with Garfield. With Garfield, yeah. When they announced that, I was just kind of like, you know, I'm expecting Spider-Man 4 in 2011. And then in 2010, Mm -hmm. they announced that, oh, cancel that. The Amazing Spider-Man is going to come out in 2012 with, you know, a new Mm Spider-Man. And I was like, oh, so... And and the Amazing Spider Man, it's okay. The Amazing Spider Man Two has good moments, and then that that movie might as well be Batman or Robin for me. <laughs> Amazing Spider Man Two, they're about on the same level. <laughs> yeah, they are. I there, bro. There, there's there are moments in the Amazing Spider Man Two that are just beautiful, like the Gwen Stacy death. Yeah, to that's, me, that was well done. it was so well done, but. <clears throat> Who, whose fucking idea was it to give Jamie Foxx that dumbass wig? <sighs> Bro, I'm just kind of like... <laughs> and then she dies, which I thought it was... And I was in it. I was in it. I'm like, oh, oh my God. I'm, I am got a lump in my throat. My eyes are watery. I'm with Peter Parker on this. And then he mourns her death like this. Mm-hmm. And then he faces Rhino at the end. Mm-hmm. And he's happy-go-lucky, smart-ass Spider-Man. Like the end, <laughs> and I was like, <sighs> it was just so distasteful. And then you know, then you see the spider logo appear, and then and then you have the I think I I know it's an Alicia Keys song. I forget who she's with. Who did There's this an song. Alicia Keys song at the end? Of that? Uh, yeah, like oh, it was like it was like the the mood of of the end of that movie was just like this girl is on fire <laughs> it was it wasn't that song it was like it was like some song called like it's on again it was like a yeah. hip-hop song mm-hmm. that they played at the end of that happy go lucky spider-man we're gonna play a hip-hop song but yeah Gwen Stacy died you know we're over that like that yeah. I'm like Fuck, man. I was so, I was so, oh my God. This is how I know it. This is how I know I'm fucking passionate about this shit. I, I'm, maybe I'm too passionate. I don't give a fuck. No, I love no this shit. There's no such thing as too passionate, bro. <sighs> I love this shit. Stick to I, I love oh. this shit, man. But, um, but what I would, so for me, with Spider-Man Homecoming, mm-hmm. now my frustration with that is just coming from a place of, this is like the second time you guys have rebooted this shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was a little kitty, but I will say this. I really enjoyed Spider-Man Far From Home. I It was the first Spider-Man movie that I enjoyed since Spider-Man 2, where I'm like, okay, you guys got me in. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in this world now. I'm cool with Zendaya knowing about MJ. Mm-hmm. I mean, knowing about, you know, Spider-Man and Peter Parker. I'm, I'm cool with that. So now I want to see, like, where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. You know, does it go... You know, does Venom come in? And who knows, bro? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? And it seems like what what I like, my favorite thing about this Spider-Man is like, we're very likely going to have, if, if things go as planned, it seems, he's going to be Spider-Man for like the better part of the next like decade, if not more. Like, mm-hmm. He's going to grow up and we're going to see for the first time ever on film, like, you know, Spider-Man is going to be a high schooler for a long time. He's going to have a lot of stories and adventures in high school. And that's going to shape who he becomes as, as a as a 
you know, an adult who's eventually, right. you know, working in news or whatever. I, I don't know how, I mean, assuming he figures out how to make people forget about his identity or, you know, but, uh, I love that they're doing it like Harry Potter style where they cast him young. Mm-hmm. He's actually a young guy. He's not like 30 years old, like fucking Tobey Maguire. Right. And he's not, he's going to be in high school for at least three movies. Right. Like, that's where the that's where the best parts of Spider-Man come from, in my opinion. Like, right. That's what makes him even more unique. You know, not just his, his powers, but the the fact that he's a kid. He's got homework. He's got he's got kid shit to deal with, and mm-hmm. you know that's why I think a lot of kids identify with him mm-hmm. the most. That's why he's a lot of people's favorites because you know I went through that. Oh man, I remember when my mom was you know being a bitch. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is like. Like I'm with you on the high school thing. My 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 guess my concern is how long do you stay in high school? You know what I'm saying? Because Tom Holland's like 22. You know, so it's like he's obviously he's out of high school already. I mean, I wouldn't mind if they kind of like the next movie they just they haven't started in college. You know? Yeah, I That's, think one more movie. I think the, this next movie will be the last high school. Really? Well, if I had to guess, I hope so. It seemed like he's a sophomore in Homecoming, and he was a junior in this last one, and then. Theoretically, yeah. But he's also been outed. So. What are your, What are your thoughts on uh, Venom? <sighs> My thoughts on Venom is Avi Arad needs to be removed from from anything to do with Spider Man. Um, <laughs> like he, you know, props to him. He helped get you know shepherd in the age of the superhero movie. But dude, his ideas are just fucking bad, and I don't think he gets it. Like, who's who would think it's a good idea to make a Venom movie and not having anything to do with, with Spider-Man, which I guess for by the same token, you could say, why are we doing a Joker movie without that? Right. But there's, there's a line I, drawn. I think there's the difference being that the fucking, the Venom movie seems like they needed to just make some money. You know, it seemed like there was a good enough plan in place already with Spider-Man with what's going on in the MCU that there's really no reason to do that. Like, I think it would have been much better to tie it in with with Tom Holland and what's going on with him. Like, like there was a, there's a, there's a, a timeline that exists where fucking maybe he gets the black black suit as part of the you know going out into space or something. You know? Yeah. Like, why not just let Marvel handle it, bro? Like you you but you've already proven that you know by the Amazing Spider-Man movies that you you, you don't know how to handle this character. You try to throw in too much. Mm-hmm. And now we're just going to do a bunch of spinoffs based on his side characters. Right. Like, I don't know. Like Morbius 2 is happening with Jared. Check out Jared Leto to play Morbius. And that's just going to be a, a standalone movie. You know, the, the thing is, bro, like with those types of things with me, it's like at, at some point you got to like think like at some point, like you ask yourself, are they really making this movie? Because they really are coming from a place of love. Or are you really coming from a place of like you're just trying to make a dollar? Yeah. Because with Venom, as here's what I'll say about Venom. Venom to me is a guilty pleasure. There's mm. things about there's things about that Venom that are like this is like the Venom. There's the, this is the Venom that I wanted. It's just in the wrong world. I want mm. this. Like if we had that Venom in Raimi Spider-Man three, wow, what a difference that would have made, you know? Yeah, well, and I should I should uh, backtrack a little bit and just say like there were parts of it that I dug. Like, yeah. I didn't. I didn't hate the movie. I didn't right. think it was great, but I, like the Tom Tom Hardy was very, you know, fucking entertaining. And the idea of the, the voice in your head and all yeah. that, like calling him a pussy and shit, like yeah. that, was, that was cool. 
Yeah, Tom, I will say this about Tom Hardy. What Venom really showcased about Tom Hardy is the talent that he has to pull the weight of that movie Dude. being what it is. Yeah. Because it's not... That's like a B. It was like, it's a, that's a B movie. It's a B, Tom yeah. It, yeah it, I, would, it's, I would say it's, it's a C. I would say, <laughs> yeah, I would okay, say, yeah. it's, I would say it's a C minus movie, but Tom Hardy makes it a B movie. Because mm. <laughs> that's how powerful he is, like just how talented he is. It just, yeah. he, he really carried the weight of that movie. Now, as far as Woody Harrelson as Carnage Man, I'm just not feeling that man. What a weird, what a weird scene to have too. Like, hey, guess what? Carnage. <laughs> Pretty much, like he was like tied up for like when I think of Carnage, I think of my my idea of Carnage is if uh, Spider Man PlayStation One. Uh, do you remember that game? Um, like it was also on N64. Yes, it was. Yeah, I had that game. Okay. Okay. Do you remember Carnage in that game? Yeah. Do you remember his high pitch voice? Mm Mm-hmm. That to me is Carnage. I wonder how Venom's doing. Eddie, are you all right? Talk to me. Wake up, Brock. Mm. Ah, Spider-Man! Ah. Yeah. yeah, like nice try. Yeah. <laughs> you know he's got all this shit, and he's <laughs> fucking like ready to like murder shit. Yeah. To me, that's carnage. When I saw the end trailer and I saw that Woody Harrelson was in it, and he's got like a red wig, mm-hmm. and he's got like a I, forget, I reckon it'd be a carnage tonight. I was like, wow, opportunity wasted. Not not, not that not that it's against like Woody Harrelson. I think he's mm. a, he's a very he's a good actor. It's just again, it's just like. Why hold? Why not make Carnage the first villain? Why are we holding back? Like you get one shot to do a Venom movie, you're like, hmm, I can only. I'm the director and writer of that movie, or I mean, I'm sure they're different people, but right. I'm the writer of that movie. I'm gonna sit down and write a Venom movie. Well, I don't want to use that because I'll save that for the next one. Right. Yeah, they're trying to milk it. Dude, just fucking do it. Go all balls out. That's what Kevin Feige's all about. You know, just make the movie you want to make. You know, mm-hmm. Taika Waititi. What do you want to do with Thor? I want to do something fucking way out there okay mm-hmm. cool dude good yeah. luck we'll we'll we'll, we'll take uh we'll take your lead Just do it yeah the thing um, is the thing is like what i've noticed with um i know that uh richard donner i, I watched an interview with uh jeff johns and he talked about how he because he uh interned for uh, richard donner mm-hmm. uh he was in his office and he was like going through boxes of stuff and he saw a superman script uh, it was the first draft of Superman the movie. This was like in 76 or maybe earlier. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Johns read it and he was like, dude, this script is like complete garbage. So he asked Richard Donner about it and he said, oh, yeah. He's like, this was the first draft that they were sending out to directors to do this movie. And I saw the script. I, I thought this is Richard Donner saying he said, mm-hmm. I read the script. I thought it was horrible. And I felt in my heart and in my gut that I had to direct Superman because I cannot allow this movie to be made. It was just... Wow. Horrible. So the one word, this is like the magic word, by the way, between DC and Marvel. Uh-huh. The magic word is verisimilitude. And what that means is staying true to the source of the material. Mm. And that was his you know, way of making Superman the movie. And John Favreau used that same word when he made Iron Man. And you know what's interesting? Kevin Feige, alongside with Jeff Johns, they both mentored under Richard Donner. Mm-hmm. So I remember Kevin Feige said one time where... He's always going back to Superman the movie as like a as an outline, which you know it makes sense. So to me, it's it's like the way that I look at it. 
if it's as true to the source of material as possible awesome and i know that you're gonna deviate and do you know mm-hmm. go away from that type of stuff so to me it's like you know what's the essence of the character what makes the character unabashedly that character and that based on the source you know and yeah and that's what's wrong with venom dude and that's why the Joker movie's okay, and that's why the Venom movie's not okay. The Joker movie, the Joker can be anyone. That's the whole thing about the Joker. We don't, it doesn't matter as much, like, what he, where he came from. We just know that he's a crazy, psychotic, anarchist madman, no matter what the circumstance. Venom is inherently tied into Spider-Man. Venom only happens because he used to be Spider-Man's suit. Like, and Eddie Brock has a as a rivalry with Peter Parker, and Eddie Brock and Venom, the character, combine. They they um, they get together over over the shared hatred of Peter Parker, mm-hmm. and that's what drives Venom as a character. We don't get that in the Venom movie. Yeah, like Spider Man had the black suit and lived with the black suit and let and you know had developed a relationship with the Venom already. Mm-hmm. So that's why Venom. You know, has the white spider on his chest, for instance, and has characteristics of Spider-Man and hates Spider-Man so fucking much. So that, I think, I we, we took a long way to get there, but you saying that right. drove it home. That yeah, was, that makes sense, too. And besides the Joker movie, like, from what it's it's not supposed to be, it's it's not supposed to be, like, I mean, it's based off of the Joker, but it's its own thing, and, and they're being upfront saying that. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like, okay, I can accept that because you're telling me what you give me a little like uh, overview of like what I can expect from from this, you know. So I'm like, okay, I, I can tolerate that, you know. Plus, Joaquin Phoenix is an amazing actor. That motherfucker can fucking act like yeah. no other. It's almost the exact same situation with Venom. It's yeah. Very close. It's just like yeah. And Tom Hardy, man, uh, he's just really good. So, am I gonna see Venom too? Of course. I mean, that, that's another thing too. It's like. I'm a sucker. You know what I'm saying? They're going to get my money no matter what. But it's just like, that's why to me, it's like, you know, if I see something that's not being made in the way that I would love to see it, it's like Superman is just that example for me where it's just like, I want to, I mean, I don't know if I would ever direct because I, I can't direct. I mean, maybe if I started learning. Why to not? Direct, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, you're learning how to act. Yeah. I mean, you got to know how to act to direct, I think. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, you know, how it, how it unfolds with that, man. But, uh, Trying to think. Oh, um, so Star Wars. Oh, <laughs> We're getting to the big slice now. Oh shit. So what do you? So what are your thoughts on? What are your thoughts on Episode Nine? What are your thoughts on the Game of Thrones people taking over? And what are your needs for Star Wars cinematically? My needs. Um, hmm, that's a good question. I think, I think my main, one of the first thing that pops up for me that I, that I brush up against is like respect for the things that came before it. Mm. And that's a, that's a reason why I had a lot of issues with the last Jedi is because it felt like dude just like, was like, I'm going to make my star Wars movie instead of making a Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's a very fine line to do though, because also you need a fresh, you know, fresh voice, creativity. It has to, it has to coalesce in just the right way. So I don't know when things are tied to like the Skywalkers or like stuff that George was inherited, like stuff that George did. I think that needs to be honored. 
Um, but with someone like the the Benioff and Weiss going off and doing their own thing, I think they should, you know, within reason, like not not come up with something that would like break the the canon or something. You know, mm-hmm. like Jedi can't fly, but you know. We, but have fun in within that world. Tell us the story of you know the how the original Jedi and Sith conflict happened. Like right. Like I want. Ooh, I that want, sounds that sounds exciting. I actually. want something that I haven't seen before, obviously. But I also you know that familiarity. It's it's like I said, it's a double edged sword. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Force Awakens was a little too familiar for me. <laughs> Last Jedi was a little too out there for me. I'm hoping that Rise of Skywalker can stick the landing, bro. You know but, what? Um, this is what I heard. This was um, this is a complete. It's a rumor. Could be true. Could not be true. And you're gonna potentially spoil me on this movie. I'm, I'm drinking from a Ray cup, by the way, and I don't even really like Ray that much. I, probably, I, su- I, probably, I support. I support. No, the you know what? I'm not gonna. I, I probably shouldn't say it because I don't want to spoil it for you. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. It's not. No, I don't want to say. I actually, I, I, I can see where if I were to say what I'm about to say. Um, I mean, it, it could be tr- not true, Dude, but movie spoilers suck. You've yeah, been spoiled on, I got spoiled on the Force Awakens by a, a buddy of mine in college. Which spoiler um, was it? The Han Solo. Han Solo. Oh. Um, and I have never been so mad about something in my life. Like I, I have never <laughs> thought about violence in, in regards to a movie before. But oh, was, I'll do it. It was my my buddy sends me a gif. It's a gif of a voluptuous booty and a thong. And the dude. Some dude smacks it in slow-mo. And then text pops up. Han Solo dies in Force Awakens. I was like, bro, are was you... It, was it a gif? Are you fucking kidding me? Was yeah, it's a gif. Who the fuck decided to make that? Dude, uh, uh, Person deserves the death penalty. An anarchist. Man. Someone, you know... <laughs> some men just want to watch the world burn. Um, bro, I'm, I'm sorry for you. I had a similar experience with The Last Jedi. Yeah? Yeah. I, um, I went on Twitter. Uh, this was a... Uh, and then somebody tweeted to Mark Hamill and he replied, I wish Mark Hamill, I don't know. He replied to a tweet where a woman said, opening, like, from the night before, I'm so sorry that you died. Mm. And then he replied, he said, I'm sorry, but I have to block you. Mm. And that's how I knew that he died. Luke Skywalker died. And I was just like, fuck. It was just like... That's something in that movie I still haven't come to grips with. Well, it looks like a I don't Skywalker understand dying. why he had that. Like, I if you're gonna make it so like he can be anywhere, you know, whenever if he can be off the planet, off his home, you know, if he can transport himself there through the force. Okay, if he's gonna die anyway, then why not just make him go? Right. Why? Yeah, why not why? just be there? Have the lightsaber fight. Don't don't tickle our ball sacks. It's so funny, bro. Like. I've used this analogy before, but I've said this about The Last Jedi. It's those, it has, it has this rhythm uh, throughout the movie that happens more than once. It has like this cadence and it's like, you're, it's like, you know, you're having sex and you're about to come Mm -hmm. and then you don't come Mm -hmm. and then you're like, okay, well maybe I'll, you know, doesn't happen. Yeah. Doesn't happen. Like, is that whenever Holdo comes on screen, your, your boner just goes away? Yeah, you're just like, you're like, okay, I think like I'm moving, I'm moving, you're getting me excited. And it just stops. It's like, like, you're kind of like, what the fuck? So with, for example, like when you see Luke and Kylo, 
you know, you're in that theater and you're like, okay, this scene actually might make up for everything that's come Great before. Great score for that scene as well. John Williams delivers. He all the man always delivers, and he is as Star Wars as George Lucas is. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, he is. But, but yeah, that uh, I don't even. And know I'm just like, and I'm, and I, 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 I look frustrated because it's like I, I think of what, what could have been. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You see, like, Luke Skywalker there, and you're thinking, we're going to get the motherfucking showdown. There he comes. And we don't. Yeah, it's just like some weird Matrix shit. And then, you know, Mark's doing we, his best. Like, when you see, like, the, what is it, those those walkers? Like, mm-hmm. you see Kylie's, like, fire at him. And you're like, oh, my fucking God. Yeah. You know? You're like, oh, shit. And then you see him still standing, and you're like, okay, something has like it has to go down and it doesn't and you're just like fuck man fuck see that scene is totally fine with me as is if he doesn't die like i don't like if he's like just he just he did he did the force trick to to buy buy the resistance of time to get away and then they can meet up with him later in episode nine like i don't understand like why go through the the process of of doing all that if he's not even gonna fight like, what are we saying with that, Ryan? I like, wanted, what is Ryan trying to say? Like, I, the Jedi don't need to fight? Jedi don't... I don't know. He had a lot of other things he, he shoehorned into the movie that he wanted to say, like trust women and, and inherently, you know, mm-hmm. don't ask them the plan. You know, you know, yeah. you know if, if they have a plan... You don't need to know. It's mm-hmm. fine. You know, back off. Back off, bro. Yeah. Don't don't try to mansplain to me what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, there's there's good and uh, there's bad that comes with good. Like the the same people that build the weapons for the Empire or the res- uh, Resistance and First Order, they they sell they both sell to the Resistance and First Order. Fucking Canto Bite, the most pointless journey. The only reason he, we went there is just so we could say that. So just so we could say, hey, there's bad. the people that make them weapons, and and but they sell them to both sides. There's people, you know, the military industrial complex, bro, mm-hmm. and also you know, save the animals. Mm-hmm. Come on, dude. Yeah, I I saw it. Uh, I saw it twice just to make sure. Twice. Yeah, just to make sure that I understood what I saw. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like I mean, the whole like blue milk thing. I was just like. Which I was, I know. What a slap in the face! We can't, we we, we can't have a scene of Luke. You can't unsee about Han dying. We we can't see him show some human emotion. I think it's Mark. I think Mark. I think I'm paraphrasing Mark Hamill himself. Let's not show a scene of emotion, but you know, Luke Skywalker drinking titty milk. That's important. Yeah. I was very. I felt I castrated after the movie. Yeah. I was very. I saw it opening night. I was. I was gonna wait. And I'm, I guess I'm putting this out there now. Sorry, mom. I, I see every Star Wars movie with my mom. I have, but oh, yeah. but cool. Last Jedi. I was with my buddy. I was playing fucking Star Wars Battlefront. They released the the crate map. You know, right as the movie came out. So I was like, oh damn, Battle Crate looks dope. I was like, got myself hyped up. Got a little baked. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go see Star Wars. I went at 1 a.m. to go see Last Jedi, and I came out of it so just like shell shocked. I was like, I can't believe this is what it was. Right. It's like it's like a tragedy, bro. Like it literally is. It's like because to me, bro, it's like. Luke Skywalker to me is one of the most potent. When you look at Luke Skywalker in the original trilogy, he's like the most potent protagonist that there is. You know, like innocent in the beginning and then goes through hardship and struggle. And that's another thing too that's like, I, I feel like 
we don't see a whole lot of that in movies today where you see character development in terms of like how much struggle they go through. But mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker goes through all that shit. He goes through those two movies, you know, gets his hand fucking chopped off in Empire Strikes Back, you know, finds out his you know, father is Darth Vader, who's like the mm-hmm. most evil criminal lord. You know, all that emotional despair. See his aunt and uncle burnt to a crisp. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's fucking yeah. like... And with... To see... So it's like, you know, at the end of Return of the Jedi, you know, Luke Skywalker has like that rank. And then it's like, you're going to throw away all of that and reduce Luke Skywalker to drinking blue titty milk. You know, it's like... Yeah. God, it's just and it's just one of those things where it's like you can't unsee where you've seen it. It's like it, like it, it, it you can't either, you cannot undo that. That that's the that's the real tragedy about that. It's like you had a one shot opportunity. You had mm-hmm. Harrison Ford. You had Luke and Leia. You know they never shared a scene together. You know, bro, and that's another thing too. It's like you, you're telling me Mark Hamill is going to come back as Luke Skywalker, and I'm and that's another reason why Episode Seven for me. It's like the whole movie. I'm waiting for Luke Skywalker. The whole movie, and at the very yeah. end, you know, you get one scene, and then end credits. Dun, 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 dun. Liliana Cliff. And it's like the I waited. On the cliff. I waited three years for this because they they bought it in 2012. Yeah, I remember losing my shit when I saw that too. I was like, wow, they're making more. Yeah, and then you're thinking, okay, well, all right, well, episode eight. You know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get it. Yeah. And then Luke dies. Now, do you think that he's really dead, or do you think that he's going to come back? I mean, well, he, he's in the movie at least. I mean, yeah, he's in, but we, we know don't he's know. In the movie, right. But in what capacity? And it's weird, you know. I've seen this, you know. You've seen the still that they released of Luke from from the movie. Apparently, I mean, he's not like a ghost, right? Um, but I don't know if that's just like a marketing image or something. But uh, yeah, like the most optimistic, you know, will do anything at all costs not to give up like refuse to kill Darth Vader because he knew he knew there was good in him and you know what fucking Ari would rather die than fucking than move off of this position I'm a Jedi mm-hmm. like my father before me and Jedi don't give up right but then he gives and up then, and then he to kill Kylo you know in the yeah. middle of the street and he looks like he just put on I Mark Hamill I'm sorry I hate to say this but it looks like that they put on like just for men on his beard to make him look younger and it's so obvious uh, and it looks horrendous and then he's got that expression on his face like you know yeah. and it's like I, mean, I couldn't believe it like, it was so fake to he, me when I saw that I was like bro I was like wow I mean you can tell he doesn't agree with oh yeah like at all like I've, have, there's, a, there's a YouTube account called Jar Jar Abrams that, that has a compilation of everything bad, negative that Mark Hamill has had to say about you know the sequel trilogy so far, and it's that's a very cathartic watch, bro. You should check that out. Yeah, um, Jar Jar Abrams. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out. <laughs> hard to hard to forget. Um, but uh, and to your point about Force Awakens, and Mark Mark expressed this in a, in a Q and A, like. I should have been the one to pull that lightsaber from the snow at the end of Force Awakens. Like me and me and Princess Leia come to the rescue or something, and we're the ones that see Han Solo die. Because why? Why did? Why are Rey and Finn so upset about Han Solo? They've known him for twenty minutes. Like Luke and Leia should be the you know they, they Luke's finally you know they gets in contact with their you know mentally, and then maybe they go save him, and then we see Luke pull the lightsaber at the end. Right. And that's his entrance into the movie. Yeah, I don't think like, we'll see. I don't think. Uh... I don't think we'll see Ryan Johnson's. I will say this by the end of episode nine, we're going to really know what, 
where the status quo is. Yeah. Have you been to Galaxy Edge yet? No, I'm going soon. Though. Okay. I'm going uh, around my birthday at the end of the month. That's okay. Okay. Have you? No, I'm not. I'm trying to decide whether I'm going to spend two hundred dollars to build a lightsaber. Yeah. I'm leaning towards yes, but I could understand someone that. Someone convinced me otherwise. <laughs> Save me the money. <laughs> uh, what color would you get? Purple. Oh, that's yeah. a that's a unique choice of Mace Windu. Pretty bad. It's my favorite color too. Do they have the orange option? I believe so. You can make an orange well, lightsaber. Orange, yeah. Really? I'm gonna. For me, if I ever played a Sith Lord. Mm-hmm. I would want to have an orange lightsaber. I mean, if that's even like a you know Sith Lord lightsaber, I think it. I don't know, but or something different. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, so I mean, who knows? You know, I thought they were gonna kind of pull the. It's interesting because they made a contradictory statement. I thought that they were gonna pull the brakes on Star Wars after Episode Nine, but then now they got like one announced for 2021, and it's not Ryan Johnson's trilogy. No, it's the Benioff and Wise, which is you know, I resent. Because that's probably the reason why Game of Thrones ended up as it did. But uh, yeah, I'm not a Game of Thrones. I haven't seen it, so I'm not. I can't comment on that. I don't know. It's, the tragedy of what just happened means, like, when you say you haven't seen it, I'm not as like. I don't think it's as big a priority anymore. It. it just you know, yeah, because it's like just knowing how you're gonna feel towards the end of it. Like, bro, if you'd asked me like a year ago, I'd be like, dude. If there's a must-watch show in this, like, era, Game of Thrones is it. Like, it is the fantasy show. Yeah, this I mean, is, this is... It's great. But um, it's it's a good example of, like, like our problems with Last Jedi and Force Awakens with Luke, all this build-up, you know, all the stuff that takes place to ingrain, you know, this character and what they, what they stand for. It's a lot like that, where it's, like, we have six seasons of, like, the shows have made... Yeah. Until they tell the story a very certain way, and then they're just, like... Okay, wrap it up. Mm-hmm. It's, we're going this direction. I have a friend of mine who uh, worked on The Mandalorian, by the way, and he said that it is actually really good. I cannot fucking wait to see yeah. that. When, when somebody told me that they were going to make like a Mandalorian show, I, mm-hmm. to me, especially out of Last Jedi, I'm like, no fucking way. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing the trailer and the cinematography from what they revealed, it looks really fucking good. I'm, and I'm not a Star Wars guy that comes from a place of like uh, bounty hunters. I'm, a, I'm for me, I'm a Jedi Sith Lord. Some people are kind of like mm. outside of that. What is Star Wars to you? Like, what is the thing that you uh, gravitate more towards? Are you like more like a Han Solo type oh, of a dude, character? Jedi all the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, Jedi is Star Wars to me. That's one of the reasons why I want to act. It's just, dude, I want to be a fucking Jedi. Like, yeah. that's that's kind of the crux of it. You know, I just I love the Jedi. Yeah. And also all the also the Sith. Dude, Vader's actually my favorite character. Yeah. And all of it. Um. So I, I you know, the fact that you can it redemption. We we're talking about redemption earlier. Vader's yeah. the ultimate story of redemption. Right. You know? Oh wow. I, I mean, it's like I knew that, but to be reminded of that, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. They, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, it's never too late. As right. They say. But does the rise of Skywalker fuck up that redemption? Yeah, I don't know. Does like Vader's um, Force Ghost have a dual personality? I mean, I, yeah. I'm, that's just me making shit off the top of my head. I, that's not something I pulled out from anything I read. In case you're like, you know, concerned about spoilers, I believe. In the uh, in the, con- <laughs> the concept art book for Force Awakens, in there they were considering having 
having a force ghost in it for for Hayden Christensen for Hayden but it being like they were toying with the idea of it being exactly what you just said like perhaps his ghost you know goes between you know like forever candle there's a shadow that casts is what they what they said exactly that I um, mean I that makes sense you know I, would, I just I, I want to see fucking Hayden in, in this movie I hope we get to see his force okay. ghost uh, and it seems like you know with the trailer he's like Mark Hamill's a thousand generations living you now like do they do some kind of ritual? Do all the do all the ghosts teacher stuff? Like, are we gonna see Obi Wan again? Like, my my fear is that they make it. Um, this isn't from anything that I've heard. This is just something you're just making up. That I fear that they do. I really like. Are Force ghosts gonna be involved with like? the the real world you know like let's say like touching stuff like like you know like does mace windu like and all these you know do or do i mean wow that's just it just sounds so far out there i mean it probably won't happen but like you know you see all the sith lords you know because you got to think about it which is a very which is which actually is a very good question to ask you know obi-wan came back as a force ghost for luke Mm -hmm. you know and there's of course it's polarity so is there on the opposite side of the dark force mm-hmm. force ghosts you the answer know? is yes um but sith uh sith ghosts sith uh, spirits their essences um in the comics and the expanded universe they are um usually tied to like a specific object or a specific place they don't have the uh the free range of, of, a, a, jedi. of a jedi okay that makes um, sense there's a there's a comic by uh charles soul it's a darth vader vader series and if you are a star wars fan of any kind that's good you need to read that shit it is so good it is like it's it's a story it's just about darth vader too so you know it's from his perspective and it's great it's really really great it's, it delves into like uh there's two hats to it there's one that's uh takes place between uh between a new hope and empire mm-hmm. where he's like on the hunt for luke skywalker and then there's another one which is which is the newest one where it takes place right up after episode three where he's building his castle on mustafar mm. and he encounters this uh the sith relic of a, of a old helmet slash mask that's imbued with the with the with the spirit of an old sith lord and he's trying to gain knowledge from from the sith lord to try to resurrect padma wow Let's check it out that's deep bro he goes on a fucking uh a sith uh like oh. spiritual journey oh bro like in oh. his head bro you know it's funny because that's that is like the Darth Vader movie that I think we really wanted. Like, here's what I would have loved to have seen. They, I mean, they dropped the ball on this. On on this, and James Earl Jones, you know, I mean, he's going on in his gear. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, the window of opportunity is becoming like you know smaller and smaller. But still, game to return. Yeah, he's coming back. I hope so, man. I would love to see a Darth Vader movie that goes between Episode three and four and going i mean going about trying to resurrect padme that's fucking brilliant dude yeah or does he you know training the fucking inquisitors the sith inquisitors who are just like dark jedi pretty much like and how he deals with them and you know is in charge of all them but uh and there's also in the one that takes place between empire uh a new hope and empire there's like a very cool like politics like deception game going on between vader and a bunch of like uh moths and generals and stuff because people that are trying to undermine his place in the empire um under palpatine so palpatine kind of puts pits them up against each other and it's like palpatine does like he's like a sick 
there's like a sick boss who like always tries to make you feel like you're going to lose your job. Right. Um, and he even does that with Vader. Yeah. That makes sense. Keeps him, keeps him on, on, his, on his toes and resentful and super, super hateful all the time. But it's really cool to see like how Vader operates within the empire. Like is in the one that takes place after episode three, a lot of the, the, the bureaucratic structure of the empire. They're like, this Vader guy comes out of nowhere. They're like, who the fuck's this Vader guy? What, 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 what kind right. of position does he have? Right. Like, wh- wh- why should we listen to him? And you know, so it's like Vader like kind of has to earn, he makes earn his, his place yeah, as, yeah. as second in command. It's cool. It's really cool. That's bro. dope. Man. <laughs> that's in the, that's where is that at again? The, the, the comic uh, book, right? Yeah. It's, it's just a uh, Marvel comics, just Vader, um, Vader series. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to check that out. Dude, that, that definitely... check it out. It's really cool. It's one of the few comics. I don't, I haven't read a lot of comics in my time, but I've, I've read all of it. You comics. had me at the resurrection of Padme it's as cool. Vader. God damn. That's fucking, that's beautiful. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, that's the whole reason he went to the dark side in the first place or why he was willing to, to test it because right. you know, he was so he, he was so up in arms about you know losing people he loved. Does Padme come back as a force ghost in that? No, <sighs> no, he, 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 he doesn't work. It's not working. It doesn't work out for him. But uh, and that's also picked up in the fucking uh, Ooh, Vader VR man. series. It just gave me a good idea for like a Vader. Mo- I mean, just have you seen the the Star Wars theory? Uh, the Vader fan film? No. Uh, no, I don't think I have. Really? Have, you, have you heard of it? You know, no, this, no. This, this dude on, on YouTube, he, uh, it's called Star Wars Theory, and he, he basically he has a ton of videos that are like, basically just explaining like canon and non-canon stories of, of Star Wars, but he, he put a bunch of money together and made his own fan film made it uh he wants to make it a series it was like a big thing where like lucasfilm uh disney was going to shut him down um because he, he crowdfunded it but you know uh and for the next the rules for the next episode is he has to do it all himself like they don't the money thing got weird because it was like a high budget he spent like a couple hundred grand on it um and i went i got to visit the set because my my buddy was the art director is it out here uh yeah it was down in uh san pedro they filmed it some uh, some warehouse type studio thing, but it was like uh, it was a Vader between episode three, three and five, uh, four, four, and he's a uh, and he's trying to he goes to Naboo and he, he's look he's looking for like Padme's grave or something. I can't remember exactly what happened. Oh but my god, up, like, dude! That just those images, like just just what you're. I mean, I'm just seeing like Vader in Tatooine. You know, it could be at night. And he's at, in front of Padme's grave, and you just see him. And he, can you imagine just Vader falling on his knees? Mm-hmm. And then just, I mean, maybe he like busts his lightsaber out and he just slashes the tombstone. Dude, in the comic, he fucking goes to the fucking, uh, like the coroner or whatever, who, and he's like, you know, trying to find out, you know, like about the baby. Was she, she died? She died pregnant. Oh, and then he's searching for his kids. And he's searching for them. Oh my God, bro. That's just fucking, oh, this yeah. is beautiful. I'm yeah, getting like. Cool. <laughs> I'm going through a flood of emotions just thinking about it, bro. I'm just like, oh, oh Jesus. They, they've done oh, a, boy. To their credit, Disney has done a very good job of like the, keeping the new canon, making it very interesting and adding. They're careful about the stories that they tell, clearly. Right. In the um, comics? Yeah. Okay. Is that, the, that's the, is that the only comic that you've read? This Vader? Um, or have I've you read, read other ones? Um, I've read a handful. There's a, there's a main comic that's called Star Wars, and it's uh, like Han, Leia, Luke. Um, and that's also between four and five. And there's a, there's a third one that goes at the same time. There's like a crossover event at one point where the Vader comic dipped into the main Star Wars comic and they have a big face off and Vader kills a whole fucking army of rebels dude by himself. Um, 
But it's uh like yeah, there's a Luke Skywalker comic where he's doing like he's going around, he's trying to find like Jedi artifacts and you know learn stuff. So he has like training happen between four and five. Like he learns stuff about the Force and stuff. Tanya, man, um, dude, Obi Wan needs to fucking come back, bro. As Obi Wan. My uh my, my question with that is, you know, if they do decide to bring him back in live action, like we we've seen in Return of the Jedi that Obi Wan's Force goes as Alec Guinness in in Empire Strikes Back. Right. So. I mean, obviously everyone wants you to reprise his role, but, right? But are they gonna, you know, make him look like Alex, Alex Guinness? Guinness? Right. Um, if he if he's the Force Ghost, I think yeah, I think he should stay looking like Alex Guinness. I don't know why. I think it'd be weird if they just changed it to make him look younger. Right. But obviously, I'm praying that they get this Obi Wan like TV show or movie, whatever the fuck they decide to do. That's Obi Wan on Tatooine. Just do it. I need right. to, I need to see it. Right. Or I mean, in in. While I'm on my wish list in this Obi Wan TV show or or movie or whatever, they're young enough now. I want to see some fucking flashbacks to the Clone Wars, and you know what? Put Hayden Christensen in that shit, and let's and, you know let's see some heroic Anakin Skywalker action from the Clone Wars that made him such a legend in the in the in the galaxy for, wow, for being this yeah, amazing yeah amazing general. That would be wow, man. <laughs> I know. Fucking you know, it's just things. it's just funny, man. It's just like. <laughs> You know, I, it's like we're putting out the stuff out there, like what, the, what we're talking about. It's stuff people want. You know what I'm saying? Now, I understand, too. Like, I have a friend of mine who's a film director, and he would, he literally t- gives me, like, the rundown of giving the audience of what they need versus what they want. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just like, to me, I'm why not both? You know, I mean, yeah. The Last Jedi was definitely something, in my opinion, that we didn't need. You know, it's just, you know, uh, I will say this, though. The, the the trailer for Rise of Skywalker reeled me back in. It was just Palpatine. <laughs> Making it seem like bringing him back kind of makes it the whole Star Wars saga. It kind of ties it all back to, you know, this grand vision that Palpatine had, you know, to take over the galaxy and all that. So I don't know how he's going to be in it. I don't know what. You know what his role in the movie is, but I think that somehow he has to be involved with the with the creation of the first order. If not, like if Snoke is not like a fucking like failed clone of him or something, you know, like because this whole Snoke thing, um, he has a ring from a that it's a black ring, mm-hmm. and in the in the guidebook it says it's a it's a it's some sort of mineral found on Mustafar from Vader's castle under Vader's castle on Mustafar. Um, and I don't know. I don't. He's got to be tied in with the original Empire somehow. And I think like if he's got the dark side and he's a Force user, then why not? It, you know, the precedent is there for like expanding universe stories in the old canon where Palpatine to make clones of himself. He made tons of clones of himself. Um, so maybe they pull from that. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like they're kind of picking and choosing what they want from the old canon, and, like revamping it, like Thrawn. You know about Admiral Thrawn, Grand Admiral Thrawn, he's uh, a blue guy. That sounds you, familiar. You ever watch Star Wars Rebels or? No. Um, no. It's a cool watch. You should check. You'd enjoy that. Um, starts off. Clone Wars and Rebels are both like some of my favorite Star Wars stories ever are in those, but it's like, it's a show that starts off with like a very younger audience and much younger audience in mind, but it matures as it goes along. So like by the end of it, like by the end of Clone Wars, you're seeing Darth Maul like fucking stab people. It's pretty cool. But, uh, nice. Um, yeah. I mean, they brought him back in solo at the end. Of, did yeah. you see solo? I did see solo. What do you, what are your thoughts on solo? I think if that movie's released in December, it's a completely different like, okay. storyline behind around that. Mm-hmm. I think people were very, 
very you know i just didn't vibe with it I'm, I'm not saying it's a I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I just, mm-hmm. I was bored watching it. I was just kind of like, I was just kind of yeah. like, mm. I mean, some things were like kind of cool. It just, that just didn't connect with me. It's very much like a laundry list of thing of a Han Solo movie. You know, we have to see the dice. We have to see him meet Chewie. We have to see him, you know, do the Kessel run. Yeah. They kind of didn't do anything surprising except for Darth Maul. That was like the only thing at the end. And then by that, you know, it's funny. Cause like, I remember when they showed Darth Maul, <laughs> It was just one of those things where it's like it was an Easter egg that if the movie was done right, everybody would have lost their shit. Mm-hmm. I personally was like, hmm. yeah, I just it just didn't it didn't it didn't pang with me. I was just like, yeah, it's not my favorite for sure. And it's and it's way too dark, like mm-hmm. color wise. Like it seemed like they shot that movie in like yeah. darkness. Yeah, it's very muted. There's no. It's just very like dull. What's your favorite Star Wars of all of them? Uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, that is my favorite. That actually is pretty good. I remember walking out of that theater. I was like, it hit all the notes that I wanted. It was what I wanted Episode Two to be, mm-hmm. kind of. But it was like, okay, it gave me that. Yeah, I love. Um, for me, I just I love. I like. I like Return of the Jedi because of the Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. I just like I love that, and the green lightsaber man. I just. I'd probably get a green lightsaber if I went to Galaxy's Edge. Gotcha, you got you. Yeah. There's no shame in that. If I go, so yeah, cool. if and when, oh, I don't want to say if. I'll eventually go to Galaxy's Edge, but I want to do it where I rent out the Disneyland Resort. I'd, I'd, I'd probably drop 2K, I'd probably drop two grand. I'd, Easy. Yeah, Easy. you know, spend two nights there, get my lightsaber, you know, $50 drink from what I'm hearing. <laughs> Really? Man, I better be. I better, you know, I better go to to infinity and beyond if I'm drinking that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you know, in the at the Orlando Galaxy's Edge, they're building a hotel, an in-universe hotel. Oh wow! Slash resort where like there's the windows to your room are going to be screens with space. Wow, that that okay. I mean, that's that's an experience that I would I would definitely. Dude, I will. Dress as a Jedi, I will live as a fucking Jedi. I will. <laughs> oh man, dude! Let me play out that fantasy. Did you see this? I'm sure you've seen this. There's a uh, like a lightsaber academy. Have you seen that? Uh, it's like somewhere around in the United States. Maybe yeah. some guy literally teaches like sword fighting, but mm. with lightsabers. And you see the classroom, and it's lit up. I'm gonna, sh- I'll send you the link. Uh-huh. But it's so beautiful. And these people, they're just they're literally sword fighting, but they only do that, but with like lightsabers. Dude, there's a lightsaber fighting as a competitive sport. Is a thing now. Did you know that? I did not know that. Dude, they have like they dress up in like the like the fin- kind of fencing gear, like, and they fucking. They go at it. Uh, lightsaber duel. Uh, sport. Where is it at? Sport. Lightsaber fighting the real sport. And then we gotta watch an ad. But uh, yeah. they like wear padding and they go to like fucking fencing, which is already an Olympic sport. And you can thank video games as the reason why. Like they, they, they keep score. Young people to stop playing so many games. It's amazing, bro. I like that is something that I absolutely would do. Is it in? Where is it at? What city? Young people today, it's a real public health issue. They don't do any sport and only exercise with their thumbs. 
This is Nerdist News Edition. Okay, bro, I want one so bad. actually does this in real life. Like, I'm actually curious, like, how... How much that lightsaber can endure. Yeah, like, well, that looks like a hotel that they rented out, like, a barroom or something, but, uh... Saber Legion is, is a international saber combat organization. organization. Um, Do they build those lightsabers, each one? I believe, no, you buy, uh, they have a sponsorships with uh, companies like Saber Forge okay. and uh, Electrum Sabercrafts. Yeah, I so would buy one, dude. Could you imagine, dude? Like... That's beautiful. How much? I mean, okay, those lightsabers look really expensive. Like, yeah, that's that's right. That's my thing too. Like, if I'm gonna spend two hundred bucks on on a lightsaber, am I gonna go the Galaxy's Edge route? You know, pay for the experience of building one, or you know, or do you get something, pay something where I could literally you know beat someone to death? Right, 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 right. That's what I'm thinking too. You know, because if I want a lightsaber, I could just fucking go. Well, I mean, they don't they don't have them right now, but Toys R Us, you know. Train constant. So if you want to get anywhere near that, you better get in the gym and you better start working hard. Honestly, it's something that sounds uh, really simple at first. Like when you say, just go outside, just get on the roof and provide that. But if you actually go out, anyway, it's fucking. That's dope, bro. That's super dope. So uh, sabrelegion, the sabrelegion.org is where you you will find information about joining a uh, a lightsaber fighting. That's team. probably like what five hundred bucks for a lightsaber. I mean, I'm, maybe I'm overestimating it, but maybe I don't know. There's a you know saber forge. You can also just go to saberforge.com and there's another another saber company but you know they they have sabers uh you can buy you know specific blades that are for dueling or mm-hmm. blades that have you know brighter light or whatever mm-hmm. um it's cool I, I definitely check out saber forge if you ever just like you want a window shop and wish list on shit you can yeah. literally like yeah. build a lightsaber yourself yeah screw um, disney yeah screw <laughs> disney is that that's my thing about the disney the disney sabers that you build they're only like like there's a variety there's different ways to put them together but it's really there's not as much variety as you'd like you get like you get like four base choices of like the kit that you get and then you get to put the kit together however you'd like but it's just like you only get there's like only different four different kinds of lightsabers do you know how long it takes to build one is it like is it like 30 minutes from i think what it's you're something right? like a half hour type of type okay of, have you seen the the process you go through no, like I you're it, like no. in a dark chamber. You're like, you know, it's like it's a hush hush thing because I'm bad too. You know, you're not supposed to. You know, you can't talk about it. So, but then this quirky guy comes in and tells the story of the lightsabers and how the Jedi used to use them and the Sith as well. And then he's like, we've we've come upon some crystals and you can, if you'd like to partake. And it, it's very like it's all in universe. It's all yeah. very it's very cool. It's like a secret like like cult meeting where you're building a lightsaber and then that, you fucking <laughs> you you put your hilt together and you put it put it and stick it into the table which also acts as like it sticks your blade in but you can't see it and he's like turn your saber on and everyone turns their sabers on and the table opens up and your saber's on and it's in the dark and everyone holds their lightsabers up like this around like a big circle that's beautiful it's like a fucking it's a ceremony oh that's that sounds that sounds beautiful that's i know yeah it sounds yeah sounds like something to masturbate to so i I think i might have to drop the 200 bucks you know just to put that in the spank bank yeah yeah i feel you man i totally feel you on that Star Wars is a hell of a drug yes it is man you know it's one of the greatest franchises of uh, of all time but um, I'm trying to think what else man what else is happening um, well back to DC 
There's this. Uh, do you watch this, the TV shows? You know, I've seen a few clips, but I haven't um, seen like too much on it. I deep dove into Flash, but I've fallen off recently. It's just uh, the Flash season one. I'll stand by as one of like the best seasons of like superhero like stories ever. Like it's very like I, I know Kevin Smith says this shit as well, but legitimately it, it's it's very emotional and it makes me cry the, watching, the TV watching, show. watching the yeah the, the, the finale of the tv show because it's like you know the story of the flash he's right you know his is mom it, it was in the final season right is it did they just do its final season or are they no, doing the season going. six they're uh, still they're, going they're on the final season of arrow though okay um, there, that's what they're doing like a 10 episode run on it i believe he's dying in the new crossover that guy that uh, uh, greg berlanti he's i mean he's really made a name for himself doing so what that the dc movies have done wrong like it seems like the TV shows have taken the perfect approach. Like you know, they're all they uh, they they live by the core tenets of heart, humor, and heroics for all the show. And I I learned some Kevin Smith who's talked about you know directing the episodes for Flash and Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very it's a universe. They, that's the just the universe done right. They all cross over with each other all the time. Right. They do like they're giant you know size annual every year yeah um, and then this year they're pulling out all the fucking stops yeah they are like burt ward is robin burt ward is coming back as robin are you kidding me which is sad because it's like you know if adam, adam was still West, around he would yeah you know what could have happened with oh, that? Man, but, that you know what, what's that robin gonna look like they're bringing back brandon routes getting a second bite at the apple to play so Kingdom happy for him come superman which, so happy uh, which you have you picked up a copy today yes i did um, I picked up a copy today it was at the grand opening of a uh, collector's paradise in North Hollywood and Mark Wade himself signed this. So I'm pretty happy about that. So Damn. I've never read it. Ironically, I've never read it, but, um, that actually, that is something that I'm going to tune in. I will tune in for the Brandon Ross Superman. I pray to God that they do his suit. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. Cause it's like, I, I, I hate is a strong word, but it's the truth. I hate the Superman return suit with the passion, bro. It's pretty lame. It's like maroon. It's not red. <laughs> But and the belts, the belts, like that. and the the panties, I think just don't work anymore. Yeah, now the panties. We've moved on. Yeah, we we've moved on from the panties. I. <laughs> The thing is, it's like, you know, when they said that that Brandon Roth was coming back as Superman, I was like, okay, that sounds exciting. And then I didn't know if he was going to come back wearing the Superman Returns suit. But then they mm-hmm. said they're going to do Kingdom Come. So for me, uh, that that's something I will tune into. And I hope that at least for Brandon Roth's sake, you know, because it is his second chance, you know, playing Superman. And in a sense, probably his goodbye, unless they do a DC spinoff of mm-hmm. Kingdom Come, you know, or Super, I don't know. Uh so I will I will tune in for that, and Helen Slater might come back as Supergirl, mm. the original Supergirl. That's something those TV shows have done very well is like honoring the past and you know where these stories have came from. Like John Wesley Shipp has had uh, the original Flash on TV in the nineties. Yeah. He's had numerous appearances on the Flash, and we'll be in that crossover playing his version of the Flash as well. Like um, they brought Mark Hamill back to play the Trickster. Right. Um, um, Dean Kane is, I believe, he's a main. I think he's. Kara's father and Supergirl. Yeah, he might. Um, he maybe he comes back as Superman. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that would be his introduction to uh, to him coming back as Superman because it's like you have. Uh, and I read Tom Willing's coming back too. I read that too. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the series finale of Smallville? I did. Yeah. <laughs> Another example of. Somebody save me. <laughs> oh, that's another example of like 
you know, that was a two hour series finale that, that, you know, they made it sound like it was going to be a movie. And I almost got fired from my job at that time when, uh, you know, I was working at a gym and my, uh, my manager at that time came in and I was, there were, there weren't any kids in the kids club, but I was, you know, watching the, the child center and there's nobody at the front desk, which was like a few feet away. So I'm in. You were in charge of the children of the room of the room uh, while the main child care person went out to go grab like a Starbucks or something like oh, that. Gotcha. She's like, can you watch this for me, please? Mm-hmm. So I was supposed to be watching the front desk. And I was the reason why I was in there versus the front desk was because the, the kids center had a TV. And that night was the night that Smallville, the series finale, was was on. Mm. And uh, I'm waiting two hours. I'm waiting for because they're teasing the suit. They're teasing the Superman suit. They're teasing Tom Welling. And I'm like, okay, after 10 years. And mind you, too, it's 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 that example of like I saw the first two seasons of Smallville and then I just kind of tuned out. But any any chance at seeing the Superman suit, I'm going to pay attention to. And they tease that. And I'm like, okay. And then at the very end. It's the Superman Returns scene. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so then, yeah, that, everything haunts you. Yeah, and then and then it ends, and then my boss comes, and then he sees that the front desk isn't you know manned, mm-hmm. and I'm in the kids club watching Smallville. So now it was just like it was a double negative, you know. <laughs> yeah. It was just it was, so that that's that's my memory of uh, Smallville. So I mean, if Tom Willing comes back, does he play Superman Returns suit? Um, How many versions of Superman are we gonna pack in there? And why is there no mention of Batman yet? God damn it! They've been skirting around Batman since the initial inception when they decided to make Arrow Batman light. Yeah. Um, I want some Batman, bro. Mm-hmm. I think Batman is ideal, like a, a season of television like Daredevil. Have you ever seen the first season of Daredevil? I've seen a few episodes. Oh, it's, it's perfect. Fucking brilliant! I love, I love that show. It's gritty. It's dark. That's what Batman needs. Like he needs. I mean, yeah, I love the movies and. But I think like Batman just lends himself to, like those that long arc of a of a story. Like, he's a detective. He's the world's greatest detective. Like show us a fucking make a Batman like eight episodes centered around some kind of mystery that Batman's right. Saying. Like he's got a more not only you know amazing muscles and you know can kick ass, but he's got one of the best brains on earth. Right. You know what? What could have worked actually? Uh, I mean, obviously they're not going to go that route because you got. Um you got Robert Pattinson as Batman, which I gotta say I'm actually really excited about. After after the people, the way people shat on Ben Affleck when they, he was initially announced, you know, just like just trust trust people when they get cast. Like especially being an actor now, like I, I empathize with Rob Rob a lot. Like fuck, that's guy really sucked. You know, they haven't even seen him do a second of footage as Batman. Right. I was like, he's gonna suck. He's too skinny. He's Twilight. Like bro, he's an actor. Right. And he's, a, I mean, from what he's done recently, from what I heard, he's done a pretty good job. Yeah, I haven't seen anything that he's done post Twilight, and I'm honestly pretty like not jazzed to say that I saw Twilight. But uh, yeah, neither have I. I think I saw maybe like one movie of that, and I was like dumb. But I think that I was because of my of a movie and was forced to sit through one of them. Yeah, ex girlfriend. Well, not, for me, it was ex girlfriend. <laughs> And it yep. wasn't even like like I saw like the three first force of the first one stopped it. It was with another ex girlfriend. We both were on the same picture. Like this sucks. We're out of here. Then next girlfriend made me go see the third one with her. So I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And this baby is so fake. Like you seen the fake baby? I haven't. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> 
fake baby Twilight. This is this must be seen. It's like one of the worst CGI effects I've ever seen. Um, what was it? <laughs> what was that fake gay something? Uh, Twilight. <laughs> Twilight. This is why. Uh, this is just one reason why it's just like fuck this movie, these movies. Um, but Pat Robert, I mean. He's gonna be good. He's gonna he's gonna put on weight, obviously. That's what I'm saying. He's gonna know, work out. Yeah, he'll, he'll be all right. Fake I trust fake. I trust Matt Reeves. You know, I think he's I think he'll do a good job. This crazy ass baby scene. Ah, this one of the worst CGI effects in like cinema history. Probably. I think this can't be worse than The Rock and Mummy Returns. <laughs> oh, I don't know, bro. That is a really bad one, though. It just looks fucking weird. Like, why not just have a baby? Hmm. That's a fake baby? That's supposed to be fake? Yeah, bro, that's a CGI character. Oh, uh, okay, that looks fake. Uh, maybe it looks worse in HD. This is yeah, I can, you know what's so funny, bro? Like, I'm seeing the footage, and I totally see why girls like this. Like, it just... It has, like... <laughs> I mean, just looking at it, I can feel the ingredients, you know? Like, I'm just like... It looks like a Lifetime movie on steroids with, like, uh, vampires. You know, like... Like it's sexy. I'll give it. I'll give it. I mean, it kind of has like a sexy vibe to it. I, I, I didn't get it. Yeah, I, I, I never. I never got. Yeah, it's just not my thing. I. You know, it was just when Twilight was done. You know, I'm not a Harry Potter fan, but it was just like same. You know, when you're a barrage with like so many like franchises year after year it's like dude i just want this to be over because i'm sick of it I, I, so i'm kind of a little bit relieved with harry potter although i will say like you know if they decided to do another harry potter movie i'd be like oh, okay well it's enough time has passed for it to you know where they could they could do that and I, i'd be totally fine with that um yeah tw- i was i was waiting for twilight to be done i was relieved when that was done i was relieved when 50 shades of gray was done now, I didn't see Fifty Shades of Grey, but when that book came out, I was like, every girl was like reading Fifty Shades of Grey, Christian Grey, Christian Grey, Christian Grey. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I want a real man who beats me up. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, hey, you know, some some people like that. That you know, that that I you know, people forget that some people like that. You know, so like a lot more people like that than we thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe girls just like to be be whipped around a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think the the, the numbers show. So, <laughs> I mean, true, yeah, yeah, they made money. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Rob Pattinson sounds dope. They're they're basing the movie off of Long Halloween. I read. Yeah. Is that like is that like a confirmed thing? I've read. I've heard from people that it's uh, that it's going to be loosely based off of it. But I've also been hearing whispers that the Yellow Oval might come back. Oh really. Yeah, which hasn't been on film since Batman Forever. Mm. And I love that yellow oval to me is good. But I will say this, though, after reading uh, Batman Haunted Night, which comes before the long Halloween and even reading 
the long Halloween right now. Um, I'm totally cool with the black bat. I just, I never really got to me, bro. It was just, it was a little pet peeve of mine with Christopher Nolan's bat suit. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, it's cool, but to me, like Michael Keaton's bat suit is, is cooler, especially like from Batman returns. Like I get the reality aspect of Nolan's movies, Mm -hmm. but they're not, they're not cool. You know, in my opinion, especially yeah. in the Dark Knight with the bat, it's like it's outlined. It's not even like up, you know. Yeah, I'm, I get nitpicky about that shit. You know, I agree. I was just watching. I've been watching the Dark Knight. Like I've been sporadically watching it through for like the past two weeks. I think just like mm-hmm. when at work when I just had like a half hour free time, it's fucking right. Keep going through the Dark Knight because it's a great film. But uh, in terms of like Batman stuff, it's like the fighting. Like once you see. Affleck, the warehouse scene, there's no Batman fight that compares. But then right. there's also that's a badass scene. Yeah. Like Batman just looks small. Like compared to like the thugs and everybody, like he's so slender and so like short. Yeah. And not as intimidating. The 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 voice doesn't hold up for me anymore. The voice doesn't hold up for me anymore. Yeah. It doesn't work. The voice doesn't work. <laughs> it's not working for me. That's why I'm hoping we can I, understand Batman. Yeah, and honestly, I dug the voice modulator. I think that you know, in terms of like a real world, it makes you know, sense. Solution, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense than you know, talking bronchitis. Like I, I'm surprised no one wasn't the first one to do that. You, you know, the thing is, is when you when you heard Batman Begins, actually, you can understand him. Yeah, it's way better in Batman Begins. It's it's the best. And then okay, and then the Dark Knight came out, and then people were going off on that. And then you would have thought that in the Dark Knight Rises, that mm-hmm. Nolan would have been like aware of that and would have like made it more clear, and he, and he didn't. So I don't write off that. I don't write off the Dark Knight Rises, but it just when I think of when you ask me, you know, what do I think of the Dark Knight Rises? Does it does not excite me? The Dark Knight is good. No, it does not excite you. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, it, even with that, even that too, like with uh, like you know, Bruce Wayne and Catwoman. I mean, that's what I think. Too. I guess because. Uh, I guess I wanted it to. Con- I felt like it ended sooner than it could because it's like okay we had batman begins that was great dark knight is epic and now it's like the third movie we're gonna we're gonna end everything that we started and it's like well batman's legacy is a little bit longer than that you know so i mean i i get it but that but that's christopher nolan's vision you know that's what he wanted to do um but one thing i'm excited about matt reeves is uh he's a fan of batman his his uh screenwriting teacher was jeff loeb who wrote the long Halloween. So he's, he's, you know, he's a guy that's actually read the comics. Tim Burton, from what I understand, didn't read any comics. He read mm-hmm. the killing joke, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, Joker story, yeah. which is kind of why that movie turned out the way that it did. Makes sense. You know, so, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's great when a, you can tell when a filmmaker has like, when they they grew up loving the character, or they have to be like they they know the source material, and they're not just adapting the source material. Well, you know, Matt Reeves was a runner runner up for Man of Steel. Oh, really? Yeah, he almost directed uh, Superman. But I, mm. you know, when I think back on that, I think Zack Snyder always had the job. I think that was just kind of, I mean, he was so in the studio's pocket at that time. Yeah, you know, they I mean, just had two major hits with them. You know, Three Hundred and Watchmen are you know pretty fun movies. Yeah, they made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Which I think I revisited Watchmen not, not too long ago, and that's pretty. That's pretty damn good. 
the uh, extended cut, the director's cut, once again. Just let let dudes make their fucking movies. Yeah. Just put them out as they want them. Yeah. I'm trying to trying to mess with shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'd be a tough. I'd be a tough director in the studio system. I would. Yeah. I might not ever work. It's yeah. probably why I, I'm not directing movies right now. That's the only reason, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most definitely, man. But I, I think I've got to wrap up and I got to get going, my friend. Yeah. Well, but dude, we, we could do this again if you'd like. Yeah. We just did two hours. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just flew. Yeah, um, yeah it, did, it did fly, yeah. Um, yeah, well, time flies when you're talking about the shit that you love. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, do you have uh, anything to plug? Well, we're doing we're doing some acting shit next in the next few weeks. When are right. Of a- course, we should plug our own stuff. You know. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. fucking lutely. I think it's uh, so a great way to end end the show. We're doing uh, some performances of uh, scenes that we've been working on in class. Um, at the Actors Workout Studio on Lancashire in in North Hollywood. Don't know exactly the address and all that shit, but Google is your friend. Um, uh, on the 11th, the 16th, and 17th? I think so. I, I think it's just one weekend, right? I think it's one weekend, yeah. Um, 11th, 16th, and 17th. We're doing a... 11th is a Sunday. It's a preview, preview night. And then 16th and 17th, we're doing a... It's just like a collection of scenes. It's a bunch of different scenes from, yeah. from actors. Come come watch. Come check it out. What scene are you doing? I'm doing a scene from a play called El Salvador. Okay. I'm playing a, uh, um, a, a news producer who uh, has seen a lot of shit, but also is... Um, dealing with his wife he's getting divorced from his wife from, but she's back in the United States so she's, he gets a letter from his wife that she's gonna divorce him and uh yeah that's intense man I, I, I yeah yeah I remember it's, you telling yeah yeah it's funny because it's like I've never been married before and I don't have kids and I don't have you know a lot of fine financial like things like that going on. I don't have a mortgage. I don't, it can, it's hard to like comprehend stuff like that, but like it's been fun, like trying to figure out like what in my life can I compare to that? What can I adapt? Um, the actor's daydream or whatever, as they say, you know, like I, I've never had, you know, a marriage, but I've had, you know, girlfriends. So like, can I take, you know, lift things, pick cherry pick from, you know, those experiences and, you know, make it believable that I'm, a married man who's getting it's so it's divorced. it's challenging man uh, I, and, I, and it's funny because doing this type of work you know and i feel i feel comfortable saying that it's like yeah i'm i like i feel especially today i'm like yeah i am an actor i mean i have like other things too that are you know on the horizon that will come out when they come out um but it's work you know it's not you know it's not you know when you see a movie people think like it's just you know, it, it looks effortless. Mm-hmm. There's so much work that goes involved, you know, and like, you know, pulling, you know, from the actor's daydream, you know, and, and your imagination and all that type of stuff. And, um, that's yeah, fucking work. Yeah. I'm going to be doing a scene from the, the graduate. So that'll be Watch fun. That, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mrs. Robinson, you know, that, you know, it was a uh, foxy lady. You, you definitely know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, come check that out. 
Um, anything, anything else you're up to? Uh, yeah, you can just follow me on uh, Twitter, Instagram at Mr. Coker, M-I-S-T-E-R dot com. I don't have a YouTube channel yet. Mr. Is, dot com. Uh, Mr. Uh, Coker. Oh. I don't have a website, but uh, oh. my username on uh, Instagram and Twitter and uh, yeah, those you can find me on there. You see what my updates are. Yeah. Uh, but a YouTube channel, yeah, it'll be a, it's it's on the bucket list, but it's further down the road. But it, it will happen. Cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Right on, brother. Dude. It was a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, and I, I know it's only uphill for both of us. So. Yeah.